1: Uh, you know, Governor Ron DeSantis must be doing a great job. I'll explain in just a moment. Seven minutes past the hour. Thanks for waking up early in the morning. Uh, busy news day. We have Kirk Conover dropping by at 7. Chuck Malamut at 8. Dr. Newkirk for the first half of the 9 o'clock hour and then wide open forum to end the program. Uh, jam-packed day already underway. How about this weather? It's uh, everything that last week we told you it was going to be. That it was just going to rain after Friday, that it would just continue to rain all the way until Wednesday, which is tomorrow. Wow. Let's take a quick peek. Hold on a second. I looked at this at around 2.30, but that's always subject to change. All right. So here's the deal. Wow. This is surprising. Oh, no, 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 no. That's New York. Hold on. Let's go back home. Wow, this is just incredible. So light rain right now. Right now it's not raining, but it will be raining again within the next probably 45, about an hour from now. It'll be light rain. Then from about 9 o'clock until 3 o'clock this afternoon, it will be a steady rain. Then it will be light rain all the way through To 4 a.m. Now let me go to tomorrow. All the way through till 11 a.m. tomorrow. Wow. Crazy. But it doesn't look like a lot of rain. I'm looking at tomorrow between midnight and 11 a.m. tomorrow. 0.24 inches of rain. So that's not too bad. And then, of course, sunny for Thursday. This calendar is crazy. It'll be sunny on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. That's as far as the um, Dark Sky app goes. 71 will be the high on Thursday, 73 on Friday. Friday looks perfect. Let me see what it's going to be like when our dinner guests will be venturing out. Let me just say... Starting at around eh, 11 miles an hour on the wind out of the west-southwest. Not, not bad. And it'll be room temperature. About 71 to 72 degrees when our dinner guests make their way to Resorts Casino Hotel. But once you're in the car, you're safe. I mean, you'll be parking and... I'm getting distracted because there's something that I'm looking at that was just sent to me that I find very interesting. I have to process it. I can't comment on the fly to the listener that sent it to me. But, yeah, it'll be very, very nice. Uh, That's all I asked for. I wanted Thursday when we're bringing a lot of stuff in to be manageable, and I wanted Friday nice for our guests, even though once you're in the car – You're in the clear, depending on how you park. If you park in the South Park or one of the flat lots, that'll that'll be up to our dinner guests. All right, so I mentioned Ron DeSantis. He must be doing a great job. Now, how do I know that? It's very simple how I know that. The Democrat media, they've been trying. I mean, feverishly, 24-7, trying to make him look bad. Now, you do understand... In a a catastrophe of this proportion, it's almost impossible to look good. You've got areas of your state that have been actually removed, maybe permanently gone. And I, I don't see how that can be denied. You're talking about sections of Fort Myers Beach and elsewhere where it's now the Gulf of Mexico. It's water. Where homes stood, it's now water. And that might be the new footprint. I mean, who, who says that's going to recede? And I don't see that going back to the footprint that was there before. So what I'm getting at is it's really hard to look good. When people have died, they're going to find more people that have died. I, I think this many days into it, at least it's not as the Lee County Sheriff uh, initially said. Marzini, he said hundreds. I, the latest number I heard was about 85. It's still unimaginable. It's horrible, but much better than hundreds. So they've tried to pick and, and really nitpick even. So they say, for example, uh, why didn't Lee County evacuate sooner? Remember, you can ask people. We, we had a lengthy conversation about that several days ago. You can ask people to leave, but if they don't want to leave, if, if you know everything they've worked for is right there, their home, and, and they don't want to leave, they're not going to leave. The other thing is, until very, very late in the game, Fort Myers and that whole area, uh, Sanibel and all those areas, they, they were going to be spared. This was going to be a direct hit on Tampa. And then who would have thunk it? They played a football game there just a few days later when they all had moved out towards Miami. So it's not real fair to criticize when you still it's a free society. People have free will. And if they don't want to leave, they're not going to leave. You know the expression that, you know, I'm going to ride it out is the one you hear the most. And some people, I mean, it was a life and death decision. Some people didn't make it. But it's not fair to criticize DeSantis. I mean, and they are. They're saying, why didn't Lee County... Have, and, and they're blaming DeSantis for it. Why didn't they have uh, earlier notice to evacuate? Because it wasn't until right at the end that it was even going to be an issue, and then it was too late. You got to a point where if you didn't leave, the governor said, made the statement, it's too late now. Now you have to stay, and that we're not going to be able to come and help you until after this is over. That's the other very, very tough situation. When we come back from the top of the hour, I'm I'm sorry, not the top of the hour, but our first news break uh, in this segment, I'm going to share with you. Oh, there is a very, very changing environment. I I don't think you're going to hear the Democrat media talking about the polls all that much at least at the present time, because there has been a dramatic shift since just the month of August, big-time shift. Look, the Democrats, I told you they were going to, and they're still not done. My brother asked me, what do you think they're going to do? I said, I don't know what they're going to do, but it's going to be something. These Democrats, they want power in the worst way. They are willing to say and do anything. You think about the things they have allowed to happen because they want to keep power. You have Joe Biden and the rest of these skanks saying that the the Georgia election laws are Jim Crow, not just Jim Crow, Jim Crow on steroids, quote, unquote. That made Major League Baseball take away, I mean, millions, it's, I don't even remember how many tens of millions of dollars in economic spend they stole from the Atlanta, Georgia area because they are liars. The Georgia law was just upheld by an Obama judge. This, all these lies. They always catch up. The Democrats just hope they can keep the lie going through the next election, whether it was defund the police and all of that stuff. They, they know the big lie that they keep telling on a variety of different subjects is ultimately going to be exposed. And the truth ultimately will, as it always does, just sometimes it takes a little bit of time. It will become self-evident. Obviously, defund the police. Now you hear, I'm not not for defunding the police. I'm I'm for funding the police. Well, why were you for defunding then? We wouldn't have to refund the police if you didn't defund the police. Oh, I have so much to share with you. Uh, And unless you want radical socialist Democrats controlling your lives, You're going to be very happy what I'll be sharing with you next. It's 17 minutes past the hour on the Hurley in the Morning program. This is WPG Talk Radio 95.5, all because of you. South Jersey's number one news talk station. Fox
0: News Commentary.
2: Today I log another entry into the AOC Said Something Stupid catalog.
3: I'm Tommy Laren. Get excited. On 9-11, 2,977 people were killed in the worst terrorist attacks of their kind on American soil. The Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been supporting America's heroes and their families ever since. Our nation's heroes, people who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities, need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good in their honor. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number 2, T, dot org.
2: AOC is no stranger to idiotic commentary, but here's a new one for you. The New York Congresswoman argues that abortion should be treated as an economic issue because, according to her, forcing parents to give birth conscripts them to work against their will. Let me translate that for you. AOC is saying that forcing a woman, sorry, a birthing person, to have a baby also forces her, sorry, they, thems, to work a job to support said baby, which is unfair because people shouldn't be forced to work to take care of the being they created. That pretty much sums up the latest moronic rant by Ms. Ocasio-Cortez You don't have to be pro-life to find it ridiculous either. Now, having a family is no doubt an economic issue and a financial strain, mostly thanks to the Democrat agenda and their president, whose policies have ushered in staggering inflation rates and unaffordability at the pump, grocery store, and everywhere else. But the notion that abortion is a solution to economic strain is so stupid, well, it's so AOC.
4: Enjoy. Hi, it's Mark Lee and Van Camp.
0: Join us later today at 1. Now back to Hurley in the morning on WPG, Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM, South Jersey's talk station.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. It's 23 minutes past the hour. So we come bearing excellent news, and I will tell you why. Because when the news is this good in polling that is this bad, then how good is it really going to be? I mean... I I take this as though this could be epic. I, I don't understand. I've been critical of this poll before. Patrick Murray is the director of the Independent Monmouth University Polling Institute. They ought to get out of the business. I think they're terrible at it. Now, this I don't even understand. From September 21st to September 25th, they polled 806 adults. So in other words, I guess whoever answered the phone, they didn't poll Likely voters. They didn't poll registered voters. Now, again, because it's a free country and all of that, it's very hard to do certain things. But for over three decades, I've been calling for polling reform. And anybody out there that's been with me for any length of that ride, you know that I say it all the time. You know, I call these polls out. I believe they're dishonest. I believe many of them are dishonest by design. And they always seem to favor the Democrats, but not this time. This is kind of shocking because usually in a poll that is not likely voters, that that is a likely voter model poll is the only chance typically that Republicans have to do well, to be to be reflected well in the particular sampling. Well, this is pretty amazing, though, because Republicans lead the what they call the generic sample. Forty seven to forty four. That means nothing. You know, listen, I report it. I'm happy to say it, but it means nothing. It doesn't matter how the the accumulation of New York and California and Illinois and anywhere else you want to pick that can You can oversample and it has no bearing on how 435 House races or 33 or 34 Senate races because it's 33, 33 and 34, depending on the on the particular two year election cycle on the Senate side, because obviously you cannot divide 100. You can't split one of the senators three ways. So you have ninety nine. If you did 33, 33, 33, it would be 99. And where's the other one go? So one two-year cycle, 34 seats would be up. The way the country was set up, and it's worked very well despite some of the dirty stuff that goes on, it just annoys me. I watch how they they fight against things like signature verification. There's a state, I mean, what are they, proud of themselves? They fought. And took to court that they don't think you should have signature verification. What's wrong with these people? How dishonest can they be? Why wouldn't you want signature verification? Look, if you've had a stroke and your signature is now shaky and it looks different, you go to your board of election or whatever they call it in your particular community. And you sign a new signature card. If you can't sign at all, uh, there's a way to handle that as well, where a mark can be your signature. That's signature verification. Who would not want that? Only a cheater would not want that. Voter ID, signature verification. If you don't want that, you want to cheat. There's no, I'm not going to even have a debate about it. But this nonsense of polling unlikely voters and then making headlines about it is is just getting very, very old. This guy, Murray, though, cracks me up. I'm no fan. Quote, because the congressional map favors the GOP, Democrats need to do more to keep it close in order to hold on to their House majority. Because you see, everything's always about how do the Democrats stay in power? It's not just reporting what is it's always what angle, what do we have to do, what cheat can we do, what else can we do? Can we poll unlikely voters? Will that help? Well, that didn't work too good this time. So there's a 10-point swing. And I would tell you, look, I'm spending time on it because it exists. But we should just, the moment we talk about this, just forget about it. A poll like this... Doesn't even matter. I'm happy that it that it came out the way that it did, because believe me, if it was the other way around. See, this ensures that it will get almost no coverage. Sean Hannity will mention it. I'm mentioning it. Kill Mead will mention it. A few people around the country will mention it. But if it was the other way, oh, my gosh. Nirvana, they would be going crazy. And they wouldn't even whisper at the end, 806 adults. Why wouldn't you poll? I think polling should only be likely voters when you're talking elections. If you're talking about public opinion on something, then poll everybody. But if you want to know what is the likelihood of one side or the other prevailing then why would you do anything other than look for likely voters and do it in a manner that is objective, not subjective? Sample the correct number of Republicans, Democrats, and independents. And then you're on to something. This is just... A terrible, terrible result for Democrats. There's nothing good in here. The key issues are inflation, 82 percent. Crime, 72 percent. Elections and voting, 70 percent. Unemployment, 68 percent. And immigration, 67 percent. Notice abortion, climate change, all these crazy things that Democrats are trying to distract the voters with, they don't even register as important. They're only important with whoever the minority of people that, that make it their sort of mantra. Climate change. Hurricane Ian, climate change, everything, climate change. Notice it's not global warming though anymore, is it? That didn't work out too good for them. So they had to flip that. It's early in the morning. We continue on WPG Talk Radio, 95.5, South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. And it is Harry Hurley asking you to seize the deal. What a great opportunity! you have with seize the deal there there is and you can go go to see seize the and you can purchase the south jersey golf card you can play seven fabulous golf courses for just 149 dollars. you can get your south jersey golf card right now at seize the deal.com. great deal
5: this is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network.
1: Approaching 32 minutes past the hour early in the morning with three stories that you can follow on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Our region for Halloween, trick or treat in the age of fentanyl. I shared my thoughts with you. It's, it's kind of sobering. See if you like it. Uh, it's tough stuff. Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin speaks out about child sexual abuse in Atlantic City and speaking about Atlantic City children they're in danger what are Laquetta and marty small.com
6: From the for New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It's still raining. We might see another inch or two of rain before things finally dry out tomorrow. Expect on and off waves of rain today, mainly on, with some heavy stuff along the way, maybe even rumbles of thunder. Windy, cloudy, and cool with moderate coastal flooding at high tide. Temperatures stuck around 55. Rain breaks apart a bit tonight, finally tapering off tomorrow afternoon and evening. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today. Early
0: in the morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and on the WPG Talk Radio app. It's Hurley in the morning, anytime, anywhere on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. I was checking my uh, communications that come in during the program and on uh, Facebook Messenger. A listener wrote, Harry, what's up with Bruce Willis? Uh, haven't seen or heard from him lately. So I imagine I just wrote real quick. I said I'll address it right out of the break. This just saved me from typing a whole narrative because it's it's not a two-word answer. Bruce Willis uh, is 67 years old, always seemed younger uh, than his age, even with the receding hairline, uh, just seemed very vital and and – Younger than his years, we talk about biological versus chronological age. Bruce Willis, sadly, has what's called aphasia. Aphasia is a brain disorder that affects speech and cognition. So Bruce Willis is failing. He got to the point where he can't, I believe he can't act anymore because he can't remember the lines. So he had ways. I think they had ways, like some cheat sheets on the floor and some different things. And he kept it going as long as he could. I don't believe that he's in a position to uh, to do that. And uh, I'll tell you, we're we're I, obviously every day we're all getting a day older, but we're we're seeing so many sad things right now. A lot of people passing away. You know when you're much, much younger, you think that you're just invincible. You don't even think about certain things. And you get to a certain point, you say, wow, I got fewer days ahead than already miles run on the treadmill in the rearview mirror. And you start to get, you know, a bit introspective maybe. And reflect on things. Decisions made. Decisions not made. But I. um, I I mean. Since the moonlighting days. I've just always been a fan. Of Bruce Willis. Love his movies. What's the one. um, It's terrific. It's. Bruce Willis, Halle Berry, there's a male, I want to say like co-star, I was going to say co-lead, but not quite a lead, but close, I just can't think of his name, and the movie is fantastic, what a plot, Bruce Willis owns a company, Halle Berry goes in, takes a position, interviews for her and takes a position so she can get Inside the company. Oh, I don't want to spoil it if you've never seen it, but it's really fantastic. All right, more polling news. So to the listener, gentle lady listener, uh, that's your update on Bruce Willis' aphasia. And uh, you're probably not going to see much of him because it's, it's only going to get worse. Not only the polling that I shared with you a moment ago is going well on all those issues, and that's how people are going to vote. Believe me, they're not voting on this crazy stuff that Joe Biden and the Democrats are trying to, to, to peddle. They're voting on inflation. They're voting on 70 percent of the American people are literally paycheck to paycheck. Where you can't do the next thing until payday. How many times have you heard people say, I hear it. Harry, how about on this date? Because I get paid on this date, then I could do something like that. I hear it all the time. People are living paycheck to paycheck, seven out of 10 Americans. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. And before this horrible administration came in, it wasn't that way. Inflation was basically zero. Gas was basically $2 a gallon. Wages were up. Goods and services were affordable. I mean, I know you look at this stuff. Look at the cost of everything. I told you about the guy on Facebook had five little things on the, on the conveyor belt at the, uh, the grocery store. And it was something like 50 or $60. Tough decisions being made right now. And, the, and this, whether it's Biden or Harris, this, this group of just misfits and incompetence. And then you have that Corinne Jean-Pierre saying it's the, the greatest economy in American history. My gosh, their dishonesty is, is stunning. It's breathtaking. So more polling. Headline. Democrats losing edge in Senate polling. Huh. Very interesting. Because I see some jackass that says Republicans only have a 23% chance of winning the Senate. I don't think I believe that. You've got Ron Johnson. Got to give this guy credit. Because Wisconsin is not Republican. It really isn't. People like Russ Feingold. People like that, you can win, obviously, because Ron Johnson has. But Ron Johnson is leading Mandela Barnes, I think it's by over five or six points now. Ron Johnson is going to win, which is huge. Now, this had to be. Remember I said a long time ago, come on, the truth is going to catch up with this Fetterman. This Fetterman, I mean, sixty-some times he didn't pay his taxes. Uh, They have him on camera saying, "You know why?" It's some lame answer. Yeah, I I I just didn't, I didn't get around to it. I mean, it's just something really stupid. And Oz is hitting hard. I think what he had to do was he knew how much money he had to spend. It's not even though he's very rich, you know, you're not going to spend every penny you have. You know, it's this is very expensive. And I think he had to take some hits over the summer uh, to get ready for his onslaught, which I think has been very powerful. And now that race, rather than an 11-point double-digit Fetterman lead, is now a statistical tie. So these are two holds for the GOP. If Ron Johnson wins in Wisconsin, and he will, and if the Wizard of Oz, a.k.a. Mehmet Oz, Dr. Oz, if he wins in Pennsylvania, and that's a hold, then Republicans only need to flip one Democrat seat, and they're going to. See, I've just had this number in my mind. From the beginning, fifty-two forty-eight. I think that's what it's going to look like. If it's a wave election, it's going to be fifty-three forty-seven, and I think it will be at least fifty-one forty-nine, which is good enough. You, I'd rather because Mitt Romney and and a couple of these other goofs, you um you definitely want a little bit of a cushion so that they don't become the next Joe Manchin. I'd like to see. Oh my gosh, fifty-three forty-seven. Would be fantastic. I'd like to see, I'm not greedy, fifty-two forty-eight. Fifty-one forty-nine, and you're talking about one person holding out. Uh-uh. 5248, much better. When we come back, Susan Collins, who I don't agree with very often, although her voting record I do agree with, it's kind of interesting how people vote one way and talk another way but she has said something that i am in absolute agreement with and i probably it's probably because i agree with myself because i said it before she did but i'll share it with you next this is early
0: in the morning wpg talk radio 95.5 fm and 1450 a.m. Sean Hannity, this afternoon at 3. Now, Hurley in the morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you. Welcome back. 51 minutes past the hour. Before I get to Susan Collins, congratulations, Philadelphia Phillies, and congratulations to all of our listeners, because may- many of you, if not most, although you'd be surprised, there are a lot of Mets fans out there. Uh, just like in this area, it's kind of surprising. There are a lot of Dallas Cowboys fans You think everybody's an Eagles fan. I am. You may be. But a lot of people in this area, they are Dallas Cowboy fans. And not just in this area. Ken Mosca is a Dallas Cowboy fan. Mark Giantonio, Antonio, Dallas Cowboy fan. Chris Christie, Dallas Cowboy fan. Honestly, when I was very young, and I love the Eagles still, but I liked Dallas a lot. I didn't really think about it when I was younger about the rivalry of being in the division and competing against one another and so on. I mean, just, you know, quarterbacks like Roger Staubach. I mean, it was just hard, like like Bart Starr, Green Bay Packers. That's why you look at, like, Aaron Rodgers. I, he's not a pimple on Bart Starr's Heine. I mean, he's a, it's terrible. He's a good player, kind of, but he's just so weird. But there's, there's a lot – like I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody was really nasty on my brother's Facebook page and brought me into it about – I mean, just scolded for being Yankee fans when being – and we were told we should be Philadelphia fans, Philadelphia Phillies fans. I'm not, I mean, I'm not a Philly hater. You know, you just – I think sometimes you have to understand – People's circumstances. My father was a Yankees fan. I grew up, and WPIX Channel 11, the Yankees, Bill White, Frank Messer, Phil Rizzuto I mean that that was my team, and I had some uh, real idiot uh, write about being a front runner, being a Yankees fan. And this, this punk doesn't even understand, my goodness, I mean, f- now for many years they've been very good again. But for the longest time, until like 1978, my entire childhood, the Yankees were not very good. They had just ended one of the great runs of all time through Babe Ruth Lou Gehrig. Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle. They went through those three, even though there was crossover. uh, I mean, Mantle played with DiMaggio for a little bit. They are three different eras. I mean, the Yankees were not good at all. CBS owned them. Didn't do much with it. George Steinbrenner bought them from CBS. I don't know if you remember that. And then they became a winner. But... I didn't like the Yankees because of being a front runner. The Yankees were not a good team. They and I didn't care. They were my team. And still are. But I'm happy for the Phillies because I do like the Phillies. Chuck Malamud, who'll be here a little bit later this morning, he used to like the Phillies. And he then he went Dodger Blue on us all. Also, too, Chuck, congratulations. My goodness. It has been a brutal run on Wall Street, but the Dow soared yesterday. 765 points, second best day of 2022. Thank goodness. Dow was up 2.59%. NASDAQ up 2.27%. Treasury yields fell uh, after a report on U.S. manufacturing came in weaker than expected. Uh, And that means that the Federal Reserve Board won't have to be so aggressive that's been the big thing they're just so darn aggressive at wanting to depress our our country so this was good news and finally a good day all right so we got the Phillies check I'll talk about Aaron Judge in a moment because number 99 has cost me a lot of sleep I don't get enough to begin with has cost me a lot of sleep over the past few weeks and we'll talk about him in a moment but let me uh, keep my word to you and mention about Susan Collins because she said and I agree with her it's very harsh but I agree with her she says she wouldn't be surprised if a lawmaker is killed because that's what's happening in this country you can cut this vitriol with a knife it's so thick it is such a dangerous time. Her concerns are supreme and, and they go even further. Quote, I wouldn't be surprised if a senator or House member were killed. This is a five term United States senator saying that. Quote. What started with abusive phone calls is now translating into active threats of violence and real violence. It started with her when she announced that she would support the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh. And then they started writing her things like, we'll cut off your limbs and slice off your face. We'll tear out your tongue and dismember your organs and slit your throat while you watch. This was plural for her and her family members. And and these vicious people print personal phone numbers and addresses. It's like what these people did with the Supreme court. Have you noticed that? Remember when they say, and they get crazy about Trump and they say that, um, you know, he, he, he's attacking the judiciary or this and that. What are the Democrats doing? They have been absolutely trashing the Supreme court. Remember, uh, Jerk uh, Schumer, Gorsuch, and Kavanaugh, you're going to feel the whirlwinds. You're not going to know what hit you. These Democrats are setting people up to be killed. And Susan Collins is right. All right, the music is going to play me off in, in about 10 seconds. So let me give you my latest Cracker Jack analysis, because as you know, we have a great track record with these things. Aaron Judge will become the Major League Baseball all time single season home run record holder. I mean, if it was mine to guarantee, I would guarantee it. But he's making it interesting, though. He is down to probably about 12 to 15 at bats. That's it. Three games. Now, think about it. If he doesn't do it today, because it's a doubleheader, 2.05 p.m. and 8.05 p.m., that one's going to hurt. I'm really rooting for Aaron Judge to get it during the the day game today because I have been up against it. We've got all that we do here with you, all the digital stuff that we do, and I am very, very busy planning dinner for 230-some people. It's been – it has been – it's been a whirlwind on this end, but he's going to do it. And he's going to be the recognized all-time season single-season home w- run king.
0: WPGG Atlantic City, WENJ 3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. Kirk. From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Oh, that's beautiful. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. And
1: we have returned. Oh, my gosh, was the break just exhilarating. I wish we all could have taking the break together here in the studio it was spectacular ladies and gentlemen kirk conover is here chuck malamut a mere hour away dr newkirk for the first half of the nine o'clock hour wide open forum for the second half of the hour and before we get into some of the um the economics that i know is uh kirk conover's very nirvana uh there's a couple things i want to talk about but first let's say good morning hello kirk
7: Good morning, Harry. Always a pleasure.
1: Uh, My honor, your honor. Now, let me ask you, uh, because you can be a bird's eye witness, uh, your reflections of Hurricane Ian.
7: Well, it was um, big rain and scary winds at certain times. But it it wasn't like Sandy. I can tell you that much. Sandy had much more uh, consistent, high winds involved with it.
1: Uh, a sidebar for a second. I want our audience to understand. Kirk is speaking from the South Carolina perspective. Because obviously, uh, if you were in, uh, say, Fort Myers Beach, uh, it was probably the scariest thing uh, in, in who knows. And, and certainly there, those folks at Lifetime because it flattened uh fort myers beach some of fort myers beach is just simply gone gone forever so you're speaking from the south carolina perspective which by the time it it bulldozed through florida it hit south carolina at about 95 miles per hour so that was nowhere near the strength of Superstorm hurricane sandy
7: yeah it was um Officially a category one that strengthened out in the ocean after going across Florida. And it was officially a category one. And the eye, um, went over Georgetown, which is about 25 miles south of our house in South Carolina. And like I said, it was, uh, torrential rain. Um, but the area was ready for it because they hadn't had rain for a while. So it soaked up, you know, pretty good. There was no puddles on the lawn or anything. And the wind was, um, you know, steady at, uh, I would say less than hurricane force for a while. And then all of a sudden you'd get one big freight train burst of wind that would last, you know, two, three minutes. And that was scary because, uh, the the house would make noises we never heard simply because this, the, the house is built to, uh, you know, resist any type of hurricane force wind. It's built to modern standards. It's all strapped down. It's got a big huge plywood wall across the middle of the house from top to bottom that holds everything together. Uh, in the event of a hurricane that, I know that only because we were here while they were building the house, I asked about the wall and it's got tempered glass and, uh, after everything uh passed, uh there was a big uh dry the back of the storm was dry. We still had the winds, uh, but they weren't scary winds. They were more, you know, forty, forty mile an hour winds. After that pass, I you know, walked through the neighborhood and um basically uh tree branches, palm fronds and uh leaves. That was about it. There wasn't any Damage I could see
1: did did you report all damage to the shore agency
7: <laughs>
1: and that's my uh joke for the morning, but on a serious note, did you have any damage?
7: No, no, it's fortunate no damage uh all we did uh you know the next morning when the sun came out, we just went out, cleaned up the leaves and the palm fronds, and uh we were done, and going out the next day um which was uh, Saturday. It was Bike Week, and the bikers were out in force. Uh, traffic was heavy, and uh, everything was sort of back to normal. They had a few roads closed that went down to the beach. were a big, a big block from the beach, and the roads that go directly down to the beach were were closed uh, so they could clean up. You know, clean up the road. And then, uh, the next day going down into, uh, what we thought might have been the hardest hit area, uh, Merles Inlet. Um, you know, it was just all the, the salt marsh grass all over the place. And that was the only cleanup. We didn't see any damage to any buildings. Um, the restaurants were all open. Everybody was back to normal.
1: But that's, of course, the difference between a Category 4 that was almost, what, one mile per hour under a Category 5 when it hit Lee County and, in particular, uh, Fort Myers Beach. That That is just absolute devastation, what happened there. Yeah,
7: we yeah we have so many friends that have moved to that area and all they do, all, all, you know, they, they just say it's, it's a beautiful area, lots of things to do. And you look at the... Photographs, uh, aerial photographs, on the ground photographs to see pictures on TV, and there's stuff that's completely gone. Yeah, flattened. That was completely viable the day before Ian hit.
1: When you you look at the picture of of the day before, and then you look at the picture post Hurricane Ian, it is it is so it's it's just heartbreaking. It's so dramatic. You just can't believe. And the Gulf of Mexico uh, has taken ownership of of a good portion of uh, Fort Myers Beach, maybe I guess permanently.
7: <clears throat> yeah, and the uh, the bridge uh, to Sanibel. I mean, they were talking on the um, Fox uh, News last night that Sanibel Island may be uninhabitable forever.
1: Yes, that's right. And they're actually talking about the areas that have lost that uh bridge to have access to um you know to anywhere other than where you live uh they're talking about some kind of i don't know if it's going to be the army corps of engineers but some kind of temporary bridge is going to be built while they rebuild you have to figure this is a this is a combination of weeks months years depending on the particular area and some people are never going to be able to go back, and some people don't want to go back.
7: Well, who can blame them, right? Yeah. That is a traumatic experience, and where it hit, you know, and the path it took through Florida was a completely developed area of Florida. Every place, the whole pathway across Florida was developed. So I have a feeling this is going to be, probably the most costly uh, natural disaster in, in U.S. history.
1: Let's get our first break in, and I think you're right about that. Now, I guess if you took inflation into account, there may be ones that could rival or even be more, but this will definitely be the biggest. Uh, before Ian hit, the estimate was 60 to $70 billion in damage. That's what we reported right before the hurricane struck. Now it is already over $100 billion. So I, I think you're absolutely right about that, Kirk. This will be the biggest, most costliest uh, in history, in U.S. history. I don't think there's any question about that. And I said in my opening monologue, Governor DeSantis must be doing a great job because this Democrat media is after him. They've been criticizing him before the hurricane struck. The only thing they've been able to say is, why didn't you evacuate Lee County earlier Now, of course, to be fair, the hurricane was supposed to hit Tampa. So Lee County was not going to take a direct hit. Lee County would have wound up being like probably central Florida. It would have got a bad storm, but it wouldn't be demolished. And, of course, it changed, and that's the reason a lot of people didn't go. By the time the course correction took place, The governor had made the declaration. It was just self-evident. It was too late to leave at that point. So, again, an unfair criticism, but they don't care about being fair. When we come back, Kirk, if there's anything more about that, the time will be yours. But I have a Philadelphia item for you next. It is the Hurley in the Morning program with Kirk Conover on South Jersey's number one, all because of you. The number one news talk radio station in South Jersey all because of you and we know it, is WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
8: Waking up on the right side. This is the Sean Hannity Morning Minute.
5: There's a new Monmouth University poll that came out. Over 80% of Americans now saying inflation is the top midterm issue. And only 30% approve of Biden's handling of it. By the way, who are these 30%? I don't know who they are. Americans rated abortion. Democrats think that that will get them over. January 6th, abortion and Republicans are racist, sexist, misogynist, blah, blah, blah. We'll get them over the finish line. It's not going to work. Anyway, they have rated abortion, which Democrats are now demagoguing about, lying about, the centerpiece of their midterm campaign messaging, because they can't run on the economy, inflation, they can't run on record high gas prices, they can't run on safe and secure borders, they can't run on safe and secure cities and towns, there's nothing that they can point to that they can say, oh, we're successful about this.
8: From coast to coast, from sea to shining sea, it's the Sean Hannity Show.
7: A so called
9: ally viciously attacked them. Time for the cover up to end. JusticeForLiberty.org.
7: Israeli Defense Forces. I don't know why they call them Defense because they were attacking us. As a matter of fact, they committed some war crimes. The life ramps were shot up. This attack went on for
9: over two hours. There was blood everywhere. Just blood everywhere. It was absolutely a deliberate attack.
7: Get your USS Liberty hat today and proudly show your support.
6: JusticeForLiberty.org. Paid for by If Americans New.
0: At ZipRecruiter.com slash. From the world's playground, this is Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. Thank you. Welcome back. 21 minutes past the hour with Kirk Conover. And we have Chuck Malama coming by in about 45 minutes. Dr. Newkirk after Chuck. Wide open forum after Dr. Newkirk. And this is Harry Hurley for Batteries Plus Bulbs with stores in Northfield, New Jersey at 900 Tilton Road and on Route 73 in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. Roy, Scott, and their team are extraordinarily service-minded. They have creative solutions to fix your cell phones and tablets, batteries for your various power tools, cars, boats, motorcycles, golf carts, and other devices. They have performance batteries. They have everything that you need to get ready for storm season, including generators. I think a lot of people... Uh, could have used one of those recently. At least I know 805 of us could. Imagine all the times that the uh, power didn't go out. I See, I think somebody just hit a poll or something like that. We were out of power, uh, missed much of the um, first half of the Eagles and the beginning of the Yankees game uh, on Sunday. 805 customers, and it's like winning the lottery. We were one of them. Uh, but they did a great job. Lanxi Electric got it back quick. They had the estimated time of restoration at 3 p.m., and it came back at 2.30, so we were very pleased. Uh, But they have all the things you need. And if you do lose the power, they've got the generators and so much more. Shop local. Shop as I do. Shop batteries plus bulbs. And tell Roy and Scott that I sent you early in the morning. So, Kirk, when I said Philadelphia, I think you know me for over three decades. So, you know, actually, we go back more than that. I was your referee uh, a decade before we started doing this. Oh, my gosh. Kirk, you and I go back over 40 years when I was calling Phantom fouls on you. (laughs) I mean, come on. This is crazy. So, you know, if I say Philadelphia, I teased during the uh, end of that last segment that Dateline Philadelphia when we come back, Kirk, we did the Johnny Carson rule. We didn't talk during the break. We didn't talk about what we're going to talk about before we talk about it. If I say I want to talk about Philadelphia with you, what am I thinking?
7: The Philadelphia Phillies make the playoffs. First and, time since 2011.
1: This is true, and we did report on that. And what else am I thinking?
7: Philadelphia Eagles are 4-0.
1: yes. The only undefeated team in the entire NFL. And the Eagles haters, and they write me, oh, they're losing their minds. When, uh, when Charlie Kane and I picked our, our picks and we kept saying Eagles are going to win. Eagles are going to win that one. Eagles are going to win that one. Eagles are going to win that one. I have them winning their first seven games. And I had people writing me, I mean, like lunatic stuff. Uh, well, I think they're going to beat Arizona. And then after that, I think they're going to beat Dallas. I really do, whether Prescott plays or this other guy plays. And then they have a bye week. So uh, this is is a great start for the Eagles. Let's go back, though. You mentioned the Phillies first. I give them a lot of credit because it looked like they were going to fold. They had a really bad collapse going there. And when they needed it most, Kirk they put it back together and strung a lot of wins in a row and they're they're in the playoffs it's it's a great story
7: yeah i was uh i had my doubts there for a while i mean they'd lost 8 of 11 against teams that you know they obviously uh have to beat to to be successful in the playoffs so i was uh getting a little nervous and it was perplexing because the hitting just went away for, you know, two weeks. Uh, I couldn't, they didn't score runs. uh, They got good pitching. And then a couple of games uh, when they did hit, uh, (laughs) the pitching fell apart. So it was, it was a tough couple of weeks. All I kept thinking was 1964 all over again.
1: Now the Philly, uh, you know that I like the Phillies, but I'm not, I'm not really on top of, um, What's going on? Uh, I mean, I follow them in the box score, and I mean, I know that they made the playoffs and all of that. Their catcher, his name is like Real Muto or something like that. Is that the guy's name?: Yes,
7: J. okay. Real Muto. Yep.
1: Re- Real Muto. So I bring Riomuto up because he's done something rather extraordinary. I can't remember who the other catcher was, but it's been a long time. He's the first catcher in I believe it's decades, Kirk, to have twenty plus home runs. And twenty plus stolen bases.
7: Yeah, and it's 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 an incredible. It's either fifty or sixty years, at, and 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 wh- whoever did it before, obviously, it, it's someone that I never heard of. You know, it, it's not like it's a Hall of Famer that did it before, right? But yeah, and uh, you know, there's talk about him maybe. Having MVP-type credentials uh, when the season's over, I don't really see that. But uh, he's a great catcher. And, you know, it it follows a tradition that if you know the history of the Phillies, they seem to always have a good catcher. Well,
1: that's true. I mean, Bob Boone was a great catcher. Uh, Tim McCarver was a great catcher. Remember when the Phillies had that going when when Carlton would pitch, uh, McCarver would catch. He had his own designated catcher. Um, who am I missing? Who are some of the other Phillies catchers?
7: Uh, they had Benito Santiago. Fantastic. Um, Former
1: Pittsburgh Pirate, right? Yeah. Yeah. What was unique about Benito Santiago, about the way he caught?
7: He would uh, get down on one knee and, and splay his right leg out. <laughs> it was crazy looking.
1: Yeah, actually, if I'm not mistaken, he actually sat on his butt and put the one leg out straight. It was so unique. Yeah.
7: Yeah. And, uh, you know, that is the key position uh, on any team. I mean, the catcher uh, determines, uh, you know, he calls the game as far as the pitches that the pitcher's going to throw. Obviously, he's got a defensive role in, uh, you know, blocking, you know, wild pitches or whatever and throwing people out at second. Um, and he, he's sort of like the the brains of, of the whole operation.
1: This is why catchers make uh, excellent managers, uh, Joe Torrey, and the list is long. Uh, last night, you would have loved it, Kirk, uh, but I know you didn't watch it um, because I know where you are. And, I mean, if you have the, the Major League Baseball package there, uh, you could have. But in any event, I stayed up for the whole game. I shouldn't have. But I stayed up. I think I fell asleep. I did fall asleep in the ninth inning. Uh, I don't believe Judge got another at bat. They needed, I think they would have needed five batters. He was the sixth hitter coming into the ninth inning. uh, So that wasn't going to happen. So he only got four, even though he's a leadoff hitter, he only got um, four at bats because, uh, remarkably, uh, Texas converted six double plays, six out of the first seven innings, they had a double play. So you know that just knocks out the number of batters that are going to come to the plate. But the point I want to get to is, and then you being a pitcher, you're going to appreciate this. Severino, Luis Severino, who came back from a very serious injury uh, and even had to go on the, the DL because of some inflammation or something for an extended period pitched a seven-inning no-hitter. Now, he's he was only going to be able to pitch low 90-some pitches. But if he could get to 90-some pitches, then he'll be ready. They call it stretched out, which I don't know. I never heard stretched out back in the day. I don't think you did either, but that's how they play it now. So he's stretched out. He'll be ready to go. He's probably going to be the second game starter, third game starter perhaps if they reward Uh Nasty Cortez, uh Nestor has had a phenomenal season. But I would pick Severino to be the second game pitcher. But we'll get we'll see when we see. But anyhow, Kirk, a a no-hitter, one walk, that was it. And he left the game. And I know you and I have remarked on this before, because in days gone by, you'd have to kill a pitcher to, to for them not to come back out. And Severino, I gotta give it to him. He wouldn't even look at Aaron Boone. Aaron Boone was like hugging him and saying, I got to take you out. I mean, I was reading his lips. I got to take you out. You know, the next game is going to be bigger than this, meaning the playoff game. I have to take you out. Severino did not want to come out. But then he he was all smiles because he knew he had accomplished something very, very substantial. Uh, Unfortunately, after getting one out in the eighth inning, the uh, the pitcher that followed up Severino gave up a couple of hits in the uh, eighth inning and even a run, so the no hitter was over. It wasn't even going to be a uh, no hitter between one, two, or three pitchers. But uh, that's a good that's a good way to end your season, Kirk.
7: Oh yeah, and uh, Aaron Nola had a no hitter last night, and as soon as he gave up a, a hit, they took him out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Well, they're looking, you know, it's not like it used to be, Kirk. I mean, you threw unlimited innings. Uh, in the old days, there were pitchers who pitched both ends of a doubleheader. Uh, you had pitchers that would pitch 15 innings if it went extra innings. There was not a, a, a closer. And then, look, we've gone from the closer in the ninth inning to a seventh-inning setup man, eighth-inning pitcher, ninth-inning pitcher, uh I don't know. Do you see any less pitchers getting hurt, Kirk? I don't.
7: No, it's. I I subscribe to what uh, Warren Spahn told me on a street corner in Baltimore. We had a nice twenty-minute conversation. The serendipity ran into him, and he said, "You got to throw every day." He threw every day all year round. In the off season, he'd light up the pop belly stove in, in his barn and throw into a bale of hay and uh he said uh, just that's the only way you build up the strength of your tendons and and your arm strength and you look at the stats of you mentioned Steve Carlton i mean that that guy had like 300 innings every year um yeah. he had every year he'd have complete game losses yeah where he'd lose like one nothing you know and complete the game um
1: Remember when he won the Cy Young Award? I forget if he had 27 wins, whatever it was 27 and 12. Uh, he played for a terrible team. The Phillies were awful. And he still, I mean, out of the 12 or whatever it was that he lost, you know, it was because he was pitching for a bad team that, that just didn't, didn't support him at all. That was a magical season. This is little known, but it is true. Steve Carlton was so ambidextrous that he could pitch basically as well right-handed as he could left-handed, and he actually flirted with the comeback of returning to the major leagues as a right-handed pitcher. You know, you think about the Shotani or whatever he is uh, and all the things he can do. Imagine if Carlton could pitch left-handed to the left-handed hitters, right-handed to the right-hand hitters, Someday we're going to get a freak like that that's going to be able to do that, and it will, be, it will be a showstopper. Quick break. We'll be back. He's Kirk Conover. I'm Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. This is the Town Square, New Jersey, Info and Weather Network. 34 minutes past the hour. Harry Hurley. Three stories that you can follow right now on our WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app. Our region for Halloween trick-or-treat in the age of fentanyl. I've written a very uh, sobering column. Check it out. See, see if you like it. You might like it. You might not. Uh, Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin speaks out about child sexual abuse in Atlantic City. Read all about that. And Atlantic City children, no doubt, in danger. What will Laquetta and Marty
6: say? From the Townsquare New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. The center of circulation of the remnants of Ian is about 100 miles to our southeast. That means another sloppy waterlogged day, and we have to add a chance for lightning and thunder, although severe weather seems unlikely. Waves of rain today, heavy at times, windy and cool, high of only 55. Rain should break apart a bit tonight. Scattered rain early tomorrow, finally tapering in the afternoon and evening. Some late-day clearing, high of 60. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today.
0: Ready to make the home in early in the morning. WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio
1: 95.5. It is 40 minutes past the hour. So, Kirk, if you use my logic, we're going to be able to figure this out together here. They, meaning this administration, they lie about literally everything. Whether it's Georgia... Election law, which is much much better than Delaware, for example, Uh, but Georgia is is um, Jim Crow on steroids in the Major League Baseball. Takes away a multi 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 million dollar economic spend for the Atlanta Georgia region, and they take the All Star Game away. Now an Obama judge has held up held up as legal and constitutional. Georgia's election laws. You're not going to hear crickets from these liars. So now we know Joe Biden's not running for president because number one, he can't. But number two, he told Al Sharpton that he is running for president again in 2024 because he wanted to get that out. That's why you would tell Al. Uh, So he acts like he doesn't know if he's running. But then he tells Al he is running. Kirk, if you follow my logic, liars who lie about lying, this means Biden is not running.
7: I concur with that logic. Uh, It's obvious he can't run. I mean, he's totally uh, incompetent at at his job. He's always been a strange character. And I don't know why um, people let it be perceived that he was some kind of a moderate or moderating influence. When he was in the Senate, he ranked at the top of the most liberal senators as far as their voting record his whole career and you know then he served as vice president under the most left-wing uh, president we ever had uh, and, and, until um,
1: biden himself
7: right and you know and that that really um he's got to say that he's running you know because as soon as you say you're not running then you become a lame duck and this and that but He's basically been a lame duck since he started because he's definitely cognitively impaired and deteriorating. Um, right do, do, do you think I, it was
1: kind of obvious when he was asking the congresswoman who died a couple of weeks ago uh, if she was there three times, asking if she's here?
7: Well, you know, um, <clears throat> dementia is makes you think things like that i mean it, it you see dead people i mean that that's, well,
1: that's why he goes and shakes the these people that he sees when he's at the podium he walks over to to where nobody is because he sees somebody
7: yeah and unfortunately uh the working americans small business people they're paying the price because uh because he's not in charge the um Calls are being made by Ron Klain and uh, Susan Rice, two very left-wing thinkers, and the uh, economy suffering for it. And um, you know, they basically have an economic policy of. Anything that Trump did, we've got to do the opposite. We've got to repeal whatever Trump did, and it's all out of spite.
1: Right, even even when it's good. Kirk, final break, and then we'll be uninterrupted until the top of the hour. Chuck Malamut joining us in about 20 minutes. Dr. Newkirk after Chuck. Wide open forum after that, as we promised uh, an hour and 44 minutes ago. It's a busy news day here on the Hurley in the Morning program. And this is Harry Hurley. As a nurse dad, what Comfort Keepers does is very important and personal to me. They have elaborate training, and I know that Comfort Keepers will succeed in giving you peace of mind because you'll know that your loved one is in the care of experienced professionals who love what they do. For these reasons, I unconditionally endorse Comfort Keepers because I approve of their vision and trust them to care for your loved ones. Call Comfort Keepers at 609 277 7855 they're on the web at comfortkeepers.com please tell comfort keepers that harry hurley sent you back with kirk after this
0: the wpg talk radio app is your connection to south jersey's talk station get free unlimited local and statewide news from new jersey's largest radio news team download all of our local shows as podcasts and more powered by ambient comfort For installation to repairs and maintenance, give Ambient Comfort Heating and Cooling a call today at 856-213-6586. AmbientComfortNJ.com.
5: Hey, Sean Hannity here. Join me this afternoon at 3. Now, back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: Thank you, Sean Hannity. 49 minutes past the hour. Kirk Conover, yours truly, Hurley in the morning. Chuck Mm Malama coming up in about 15 minutes. Kirk, uh, what did you think when our vice president uh, spoke about this um, wonderful relationship, special relationship and partnership we have with North Korea? How'd that make you feel?
7: Well, it made me feel like uh, our leadership is uh, in this country is full of idiots. I mean, she is the worst. I mean, I don't know... Um, what anybody else thinks, but I I don't think she's very smart. And those kind of gaps are, you know, very regrettable. And then, you know, she was talking also about,
1: um, I I was going to get to that. I wanted to talk this first point. I know where you're going to go. You're going to go to equity and that, uh, hurricane Ian relief is going to be done on an equity and race basis. Uh, I flipped out on that on social media and put that we're the United States of America. We we take care of everyone. This is this is not about creating some fake. What is it? A line where you choose by someone's race who you're going to help, who you're going to help first. This is incredible, Kirk. But this is how they are. This is how they think.
7: Yeah. And you talk about, you know, liars lying about lying. I mean, their whole, uh, whenever they mention this equity concept, it's a big lie. It, it You know, you can't have equality if you are judging people by their appearance, you know.
1: <laughs> but what <laughs> they also, Kirk, what they also, I agree with that completely, but what they also mean by equity is that, It should be like any socialist nation that you want to pick out, Uh, pick, pick, pick some uh, despotic lifestyle like China, where everybody has the same exact accommodations, same furniture, same kitchenette, Uh, Russia. Pick anywhere. This is what they think is fair, that that it shouldn't be equal opportunity. They want to guarantee to equal results. That's not how the United States works.
7: Well, that's not the way the world works. I mean, as we've discussed before, um, the free enterprise market system is not a an invention of someone's mind. It is a natural piece of the way the world works. There's nothing more natural than uh, applying your trade and exchanging voluntarily the fruits of your labor with another individual. That is baked into the cake from day one on this planet.
1: Can you think of in your lifetime, which were contemporary, so we, we would have the same experience there, or even historically, from reading that you've done? Uh, I don't believe there is a worst, a worse, rather, worse vice president in American history than Kamala Harris.
7: No, I I totally agree. Uh, she's gotten where she is by who she knows, and and you know
1: yeah. It started with Willie Brown, remember? Yeah, he, he talks yep. about her.
7: Yeah, and there's there's no um, there's no upside to her at all. It's all downside. Uh, she's failed at everything.
1: She called Joe Biden a racist and was vicious about it. Uh, the first lady hates her. Let's be honest. The whole thing is, is, is a scam. They don't like each other. The first lady particularly can't stand her. She got less than 1% in the Democrat primary. And Joe Biden, amongst all these other problems that he's created, created for America, if something happens to him, look what he did to America there.
7: It's frightening. And like I said before, you know, their, their economic policies are even more frightening because it's all based on government action, and then they lie about it. Uh, and to, to think that she could actually be the president of the United States is uh, its more frightening than Biden's condition, you know, and, and that's saying something.
1: It's- Which is so crazy. It makes me pray and root for Joe every day because we can't have anything happen to him uh, because we, the country cannot afford... What a radical, I, I, I can't even imagine her entire professional track record is one of failure, one of dissatisfied staff members that quit, uh, drama, incompetence. I mean, I don't even want to think about that. It's too painful.
7: Yeah, and, the, and if, uh, in the awful event that uh, she became president, Uh, through some downfall of you know Joe Biden, I what kind of economic policy is she going to have? You know, total leftist socialism, and that's been her whole career, too. She's a big fan of government action at all levels the government manipulating the economy, the government manipulating social policy, social engineering, uh, social justice, whatever you want to call it. That is the kind of leadership that that she would bring to the table, Um, but she would have to be manipulated. Uh, There's no way that she can come up with anything uh, on her own because she's not competent to do it.
1: Now, the official teleprompter of the United States of America would would be running things uh, even with her uh, because she's completely incompetent. I said last hour, Kirk, in advance of your appearance this morning, that Senator Susan Collins, who obviously her voting record, I agree with her voting record, solid. But she says a lot of things I don't agree with. And perhaps it's because she lives in a state where she has to say those things or she can't win. So I give her a little bit of, you know, um, budge room there. But she said something I totally agree with. She said, I wouldn't be surprised if a senator or a House member were killed. And she, she's dealing with incredibly vicious people. She, she had someone, it was a, um, a video, we will cut off your limbs, slice off your face, we'll um, cut off your tongue, dismember your organs, slit your throat while you watch. I mean, it's, it's awful. And we are living in such an incredibly violent time. It's terrible.
7: Well, that's the leftist playbook. You know, they create chaos and then they they come in into the scene and say, hey, you elect us and, and we'll stop all this. But, yeah, they, they divide, they uh, demean. And-
1: I mean, look how they would trash Trump. He, he's, he's attacking the judiciary. Oh, they would go crazy about it. They trash the Supreme Court on a daily basis. Then they tout that the Supreme Court has the lowest – ratings it's ever had
7: and i don't doubt that there's some leftist loon out there plotting to pick off one of the uh supreme court the conservative supreme court justices so that Biden could appoint you know a liberal it's a a scary time we're living through and it's all because the democrat party is all in on socialism yeah. and uh, there's not, there's no more moderates. The moderates are gone. Uh, everybody, they vote, you know, as a collective block and that's their mentality. Uh, whereas, you know, the Republicans, we've talked about this before, we're individualists. Yes. And uh, that's why it's hard to keep all the Republicans together on some of these big votes because, you know, that's the nature of our thinking.
1: Kirk, let's end on a sports item because and but this comes into uh, to to woke cancel and all this cancel culture. The Atlanta Braves, as you know, and they present Joe Biden with a beautiful jersey, number 46 and all that. Uh, and on the day, the very day that the Atlanta Braves are at the White House, you have the White House, the press spokesperson, the press secretary, uh, Kamala Harris, I believe Biden himself, but certainly all his team, they are saying that the Braves should cancel, uh, should change their name, which they're not going to do, thank thankfully, because so many other people they 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 succumb to this kind of crap. Uh, but that's how sick. Imagine on the day you're honoring them for their world championship, for winning the World Series, they bring up the idea. That they should change the name of their team. That's the sickness that we have in this White House right now.
7: Yeah, and this this woke cancel culture is very dangerous. Um, in more than just the name of sports teams, I mean, you know, these corporations it, it goes against, you know, what they're supposed, you know, they're trying to be woke, and it works against their stockholders. It works against their efficiency. And uh, it, it, it punishes, you know, the small business people that don't have the money to keep up with this stuff and and, and fight the system. It, it just is uh, it's not right. And it's damaging. And it's just a matter of how long can we withstand it before. Well,
1: till, till November 8th, when the American people are going to make a very dramatic course correction. Kirk, that's the buzzer. We're out of here. Talk to you soon.
7: Always a w- pleasure, H- Harry. Atlantic I want to give a City shout w- out w- to
1: WENJHD3, e- uh, Willard. A town square a new guest media list station. That. Everything you need to know
0: in six minutes starts now. Will- From Harry Hurley Way in the World's Playground to the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank
1: you and welcome. Six minutes past the hour. The following program segment is presented by Chuck Malamut, a financial advisor at Morgan Stanley. The information, views, and opinions expressed are those of Chuck Malamut and do not necessarily reflect those of Morgan Stanley or its affiliates. They are current as of the date of this broadcast, subject to change without notice. Neither the information provided nor any opinion expressed herein constitutes a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security. This presentation is for informational purposes only. Morgan Stanley, Smith Barney, member SIPC. And for those on hold, no calls this hour uh, by policy, but you can reach Chuck at 609-383-2010. That's 609-383-2010. Chuck, I know you don't think about any one day because it's not about it's spending time in the market, not trying to time the market, but I imagine yesterday was a beautiful thing after what seemed like so many straight days of bad news. But besides that, good morning.
9: <laughs> good morning, Harry. Congratulations to you. Um, your are New York Yankees, Kirk's... Uh, Philadelphia Phillies I watched your up,
1: former favorite I table. stayed
9: up last night and watched the celebration
1: in nice. Houston um got a hand to the Phillies because it looked like they were going to collapse but they got it back together they
9: got it done yeah uh, Milwaukee helped a little bit but
1: um now did the Phillies need they're the third wild card team right so they needed this new, the, the new rule change
9: right well the new uh, I think the new rule changes there's three games on the road uh, for the wild card. Well,
1: I thought there's an extra wild card team this year.
9: No? I, I think, well, I could be wrong, but I thought if I... thought, if thought I, they
1: had these play-in games and stuff no, like
9: that. No, if I, my memory, if I, well, check it out, Harry, but I, it's my understanding, you get, you play first round, uh, you play three games at the higher seed.
1: Wow, what an advantage.
9: So, uh, you... Hey, so you know the,
1: what, in a way, though, you play 162 games, you're, I mean, you're, you're playing for something there that's that's meaningful i mean check it out i, I think that oh, I, I take I, great pride in my product knowledge i didn't know uh, that
9: check, all right on, on a break or while yeah, we're chatting but, you can i want you to check that out but you know harry i think you're absolutely right uh, we walked out last friday it, it, another you know miserable week uh, a terrible quarter uh, three consecutive uh, down quarters and and um both for stocks and bonds. It's the longest streak in almost 50 years that this has happened. The S&P, you know, was down 5.3%. The 10-year treasuries were up 85 basis points. Two-year yields up 130 basis points. You're seeing more volatility now, Harry, in the bond market than you are in the stock market. Wow. And and you talked about this um, just a couple weeks ago about, you know, the inverted yield curve. Mm -hmm. And we've been chatting about that. And the yield curve... Uh, the inverted yield curve, meaning the two-year notes are uh, have a higher yield than the ten-year than the ten-year Treasury notes. Uh, it's the most inverted yield curve Harry we've seen in the last several decades. Uh, the dollar, I mean, people are saying, "Hey, strong dollar is great. Uh, it's good to travel. It's good to get out of the country." But a strong dollar uh, up for the fifth consecutive quarter, increased by seven percent. Harry, it's the largest quarterly gain in nearly nearly 8 years and there's a problem with that is that that you, you know these multinational companies that you know have revenue overseas uh, it's you bring it back it's worth less because of the, because of what's happening happening with the dollar but the the big story you know uh happens to be the tightening financial conditions i um you know obviously not just here in the US but also overseas and again, the big R word, it's wherever you go. It's like, you know, you see a help wanted sign and then, and, and you're looking for the recession sign right right next to it. Uh, yeah. You know, um, you, you know, now earnings are being downgraded uh, for Q3 or Q4, I should say. And, um, you know, by as we got to the end of the quarter, you know, crude was actually off 20 percent. Uh, you would have thought that would help. Uh, that would have helped inflation, but it really hasn't. Uh, gold was down eight percent, and and you know when you kind of you know look at all the sectors within the S and P five hundred, believe it or not, consumer discretionary and energy were the best, up four four point four and two point four percent respectively. Worst sectors: communication services down twelve percent and REITs down eleven. So uh, tough, tough, tough. Um you know, uh, first three quarters of the year. And, it's, and
1: I did, Chuck, I did a mini monologue yesterday in advance of your appearance today. I can't fathom that the third quarter could feature growth of any kind. I think it's going to be a third consecutive quarter of negative GDP. Yeah,
9: we're going to get to that a little bit later about okay. the Atlanta Fed because, uh, you know, the... You know, Harry, the the numbers keep. You know, they're very, very fluid and they keep changing. But when you look, let's go back to the well, markets. Well,
1: they keep downgrading. They it, do. So let's look. At we'll the, get there.
9: Let's look at the markets yep. uh, year to date. Uh, going into yesterday, the Dow, the winner, down nineteen point seven percent. Wow. Uh, the S and P down twenty four. The Nasdaq down thirty two. International stocks down twenty seven. Um,
1: so this is just flat out
9: bear territory. We are the, the bear is yes the the bear is out there. It's like that football team in Chicago. Okay, what did the Chicago I can't win a game Bears or
1: something or, or that famous university that had a bear for the mas- mascot. They did. Yes, they did. Yes.
9: Uh, best sectors for the year: energy, up thirty five percent. The number two sector actually was a loser. Utilities down six point five, and consumer staples down twelve. And interesting thing about consumer staples Harry you know there's a lot of money has moved from growth to value have gone to the um, the safer havens and consumer staples but what the market has done over the last several weeks and months is they've taken every sector out to the woodshed mm. uh, they've taken out energy they've now taken out consumer staples they've taken out your fame your 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 most popular famous best Bestest company, we'll call it. Uh, I'm, you're holding hold, I'm
1: holding my scepter up right so, now. So uh,
9: they took that company out as well. Uh, By the, the way,
1: my fully paid <laughs> iPhone.
9: Worst, Harry, the worst sectors, communication services, almost down 40 percent. Uh, information technology down 31 percent and consumer discretionary down 30. And in, in light of it all, as we talked about in the beginning of the year, it's the first time we've seen it. You know, basically in a lifetime, both stocks and bonds are down at the same time. Your ten-year tre, your ten-year treasury year-to-date is down seventeen percent. Man, seventeen percent. So
1: it's really, you know, uh, what, what what? I mean, I got to say this for you to respond. What is the psychology right now of the investor?
9: Well, l- I think a little, little concern. I think if you ask Mike and uh, and I'll. Um, you know, I'll pile, I'll pile right onto it. I mean, I-, I can't remember the last time we actually had a good, a good call. It's, it's been, I mean, the last month, and it's not, it's not as if we, we are doing anything that's, you know, unusual. But you know, it's really tough to make money in a market where the only thing that, right now, Harry, going into yesterday, the only thing that worked now was cash. Yeah, and you know, you can park your money. You know, Morgan Stanley has what we call preferred savings. Um, you know, it's insured. It's a, it's three percent daily liquidity. Uh, you can't get that at the bank. I mean, the banks, you know, notoriously are very very slow to to raise rates.
1: That should be very popular um, right we've, now.
9: We've we've been very busy. Yeah, you know, we've we've brought in a significant amount of of money uh, existing in new clients, uh, and they're just you you know, that money will get to work at some point in time. But I think. As you mentioned before, as we got started, yesterday was a was a really good day in the market, Um, you know, followed up by this morning where the indexes pre-market are both up. You know, earlier this morning, uh, the Dow was up about four hundred and twenty points. I mean, right now it's up over about four hundred. So if you learn anything, is it
1: is it it, tell me if I'm right about this, because I did say this in the six o'clock hour in advance of your appearance because U.S. manufacturing is down, that somehow translates into that the Fed won't have to be as aggressive in raising rates. You're, you're, you're asking, this is crazy, isn't well, it? Harry? This is why I, I leave it to you. I, I, I say the right words, but I don't understand. Well, when they roll off your
9: tongue, you're saying, yeah. well, wait a minute, we want a, we want a good economy. Well, we, yes, we do, but the economy that we have right now needs to take a breather and we need more people unfortunately unemployed yeah we need um terrible at a time where people need help this is really it's sort of you know it's it's sort of the opposite day i guess harry but i mean you think about you know uh you know p you know whether it's ppi or cpi i mean the big fight right now the fed has and 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 the question mark is can they get this right and and uh, uh, more strategists are saying they're not going to get it right versus wrong because remember when they put these rate hikes in, they don't take effect you know day one. Mm-hmm. Think about for me. Let's say you have a um, let, let's say for you have a home equity line, uh, HELOC that's tied to prime as an example. You the rates go up to today, mm-hmm. so prime will go up. Your next bill. If you have a variable rate, your next bill, the rate will be higher, but you have 30 days to pay it. Right. So you might not be seeing that for 45 to 60 days. And and that's just...
1: It's a great point. That's so just it, la- one, it lags. That's, that's just one example. Right. The bad and, news the, the, and the reality of it lags. Chuck, first break. We're going to be right back. Much more important content with the best in the business. Chuck Malamut talking all about your financial matters. 609-383-2010. The phone number to reach Chuck and Mike and the entire team uh, at uh, the Malamut Group, 609-383-2010. With Chuck Malamut, I am... Early in the morning,
0: WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. Enjoy. Set the first button on your car radio for South Jersey's talk station, WPG Talk
1: Radio 95.5. Thank you. We're back. Chuck Malamut at 22 minutes past the hour. Mr. Malamut, time is yours.
9: So, so Harry, um, let's just spend a couple more minutes on, on Q3 um, and... You know, it's probably, I guess, a quarter that we'd all like to forget. Um, you, you know, last week, as we got at the end of the week, there were a couple things that happened, and I know we don't make recommendations, and we're going to talk about a couple stocks in particular. Though, a Carmax, uh, they had a they had a big big miss, uh, and and obviously, you know, they're they're a nationwide used car dealer. I mean, they 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 posted a fifty percent decline in quarterly profit. Sales were flat from a year ago. Uh, had the stock had its worst day in, in twenty two years on top of that, or prior to that you had remember you had issues at Target, you had issues at Walmart. Um, you had issues at FedEx, so you're you're finding these pockets where you know the the consumer you know is is basically you know saying with their money that you know they're, they're not going to spend. You know, like like they used to, and then your favorite company uh, was downgraded. You know, by a, a competing firm that I used to work for. You know, as yes. we got as we got to to the end of last week, so when we walked out last Friday. It was you know sour and dour. I mean, it was just uh, not a fun place to be because, as you mentioned when we started our, your, your, the show today, nothing worked, and and then you flipped a switch. Uh, as you mentioned, you know, before there was just, you know, one economic report and the market it took off. And big day yesterday. The futures are up today. And, you know, as we said it, you know, it's really hard to time this, Harry. Imagine you liquidated your assets or sold off or whatever on Friday. And you say, OK, I'm going to come back. And you walk in Monday morning. You, you don't have a fighting chance. I mean, the market's up four or five 100 points, closes up 700, up again today. Now, is this a bear market trap? Is it a a rally in the bear market? I mean, there are some pundits that are saying we're going to go lower, including our chief strategist, Mike Wilson, who is... Is he dour? He's the most sour and dour on the street. Yeah, Yeah, he's... I mean, if you stack rank them, he's down at the... I don't know if you want to call it the bottom or the top, no matter how you put it, but he you know he's warning about earnings that you mentioned before but uh you know if you if you looked at yesterday the dow the s&p the nasdaq all up you know 2% plus but the big story we kind of touched on it is what's happening in the bond market the the 10 year treasury was down 15 basis points harry in a day mm. the 2 year was down 10 basis points it's down again today so you're seeing more volatility in the bond market as the bond pundits are trying to figure out you know, where are we going to go with rates? What's what's the Fed going to do? And as you said, so now
1: there's uncertainty
9: well, there's always uncertainty. Yeah, but, now but I mean, it seems like but now it's but before
1: it was like we knew what glide path we were on. There would be these 75, you know, basis point increases like chicklets. But now it seems like it's all uncertain. Well, so they meet the Fed would meets again November 1. 2. I mean, maybe for what I'm saying is with what's going on right now, maybe they don't raise rates at that meeting so so
9: let's say your weekly jobless claims numbers increases you have more people filing let's say the you know on friday your unemployment for the month of september moves higher not lower let's say next week your cpi number um you know it decreases more than expectation so you have a, a number of factors that are hitting the market and then on top of that in about 10 days we're going to start seeing earnings coming across. Yes. And it's not only earnings, but it's more the guidance. You know, what are these CEOs and CFOs saying? Uh, what is the impact that they're seeing with these higher rates?
1: You know, do, you, do you expect, I mean, it's a little bit unfair, but I'm going to ask it anyhow. We have saw a lot of meets and beats uh, all throughout all this, but do you think we're now entering a phase where companies are not going to be meeting top and bottom line?
9: Uh, yeah, for sure. I Be mean, here you, you, well, you saw that the other, you saw that a, a week or two ago with FedEx. I mean, yeah. they they pre-announced um, and they said, "Look, w- uh, we were not going to make our quarter, and we are pulling all uh, future guidance." You know, f- right now because we we're not sure where we're going. So, you know, a- a- as you mentioned, the you know the yesterday, you know, the Institute for Supply Management uh, softer manufacturing data. So yes, it seems like we want. We don't want things to be good because <laughs> the Fed needs to get the rate down because the target is two percent. Right. It's easier it's easy to get the four to five. It's gonna be hard to get to two. And, mm-hmm. and you know, if you if you try and the Fed's the Fed I think is is hell bent on doing this, going from you know, from five or four and a half to two there's going to be a lot of blood on the streets, Harry. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to be unemployed. You know, I I don't like to be bring bad news, but that's this is how they're going to whip inflation. So it, we're
1: going to go from companies couldn't get enough help to companies letting people go. Yeah,
9: you're seeing that now in big tech. Yeah, where it's true. There's that fight now. Not the fight is it's a bad. That's a, not a good word. But you, you're you're still having the struggle with a lot of companies having problems getting their employees to the office
1: it's also that's true i mean i'm amazed at people that say we don't want to come back and they're testing their employers also real estate is letting people go
9: and the price of homes is starting to decline yes you know mortgage rates last week the 30-year at one point in time, and I think talked to nephew Jim was over seven percent It was maybe seven oh eight seven mm-hmm. ten right now. I looked at it yesterday, I think it was six and three quarters, but that's a double from a year ago and now, it, I remember it,
1: Jim it, being very concerned if, if it went above six, and all of a sudden, oh my God, it was above seven, and he and i we were uh writing each other back and forth on that yeah that not not good at but, all but there here's
9: what happens here so so the fed you know the, the indications the Fed was going to get their the peak Fed fund rate to about 4.6%. That was about two weeks ago. Um, The indication now is based on everything we're seeing, maybe four and a quarter to four and a half. And that doesn't sound like a big difference, but it adds up. And and so maybe... We are sort of getting to the end.
1: How is this? Um, I mean, obviously, we know seventy percent of the American people are now paycheck to paycheck. They're they're. This is really. This is becoming very stressful for the American people because obviously, credit card interest rates are going up. If you have the home equity loan, HELOC, or whatever, uh, all these different lines of credit, they're all interest rates are going up on everything. Uh, this is this is uh, this is the pain. That Fed Chair Powell talked about. He
9: did. He did. There's. um,
1: I mean, they didn't. In fairness, they told us they were bringing the pain. There's no surprise. They they
9: said this for several months, but you know, I, I think a lot of a lot of people and a lot of the pundits were thinking maybe this is a head fake.
1: How much does this have to do with the more than four? I can't even keep track. Six, whatever it is, all these trillions of dollars. Over the past two years, I suspect that has a lot to do with this. It has a lot to do with it.
9: Yeah. I I mean, Harry, there's no such thing as free money. And the debt
1: debt that we have to pay back is now more expensive. Think
9: about, let's say you didn't pile on any more debt for a second. Let's just think about the rate. Let's say the rate has doubled. Mm -hmm. So what is that? Your interest expense you know, to the federal government, which ultimately affects
1: all of us. The cost to serve the debt is substantially rising. Absolutely, Absolutely. it's a halftime break. We're going to be right back. He is Chuck Malamut. I am Hurley in the morning because of you. This is South Jersey's number one news talk radio station. We are WPG Talk Radio, ninety-five point five. Powered by the all-new Bet Parks New Jersey Casino
5: and Sportsbook app, BetParks.com.
8: This is the Town Square New
5: Jersey Info and Weather Network.
1: It's 30 minutes past the hour with Chuck Malamut. I am Hurley in the morning with three stories that you can follow right now on the app, the WPG Talk Radio 95.5 app, our region and the Halloween trick-or-treat season in the age of fentanyl. I've written a piece about that. It's a very sobering piece. Check it out. Atlantic City Board of Education member John Devlin speaks out about child sexual abuse in Atlantic City. And speaking about the Atlantic City children, they are in danger based on what we see and what we've reported about. What are LaQueta and Marty Small doing about it?
6: From the Townsville, New Jersey Info and Weather Network, I'm Chief Meteorologist Dan Zarrow. It's still raining. We might see another inch or two of rain before things finally dry out tomorrow. Expect on and off waves of rain today, mainly on, with some heavy stuff along the way, maybe even rumbles of thunder. Windy, cloudy, and cool with moderate coastal flooding at high tide. Temperatures stuck around 55. Rain breaks apart a bit tonight, finally tapering off tomorrow afternoon and evening. Get weather 24-7 wherever you are. Download our free mobile app today
0: wpg talk radio 95.5 radio
6: hi it's mark levin join me this evening at six now back to harry hurley on wpg talk radio
1: 95.5 thank you we're back 37 minutes past the hour with chuck malamut we continue our discussion his discussion all about financial matters. Uh, Chuck is going to take a, a jaunt across the pond to the United Kingdom. Chuck.
9: So, Harry, if you remember last week in particular, I believe it was Wednesday, the stock market had a, had a pretty fabulous day, you know, and it was on both sides before and after, just some really, really tough times. But what happened was, um, you know, about 48 hours after saying it would not adjust monetary policy, that, you know, until its November meeting, in response to the British uh, Prime Minister Liz Truss' plan to uh, slash taxes and regulations during a time of high and rising inflation, the Bank of England, unfortunately, Harry, was forced to buy you know thirty-year gilts, the equivalent of our bonds, because a- 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 there was a freefall in prices and and an increase, a significant increase in yields. Um, As as yields moved higher, that, you know, raised the questions about financial stability with respect to the pension plans in the U.K. Um, And a lot of the intermediaries were hit with margin calls. So remember back in 08 and 09, we had – and I'm not saying what was happening was equivalent to Bear Stearns or Lehman or the the financial crisis that we had. But, you know, you're going to – you, you know, you're, you're going to – when the tide goes out, it exposes a lot of things that you don't typically see. And this – I don't know if this is a one-off. Uh, you know, yesterday in particular, there was talk about Credit Suisse having problems. So – and I don't know if that was a, a media-type event that was created. But you're seeing these one-offs because, again, you know, there's, there's a fair amount of stress – in the financial markets,
1: this doesn't seem like the administration, in terms of philosophy of governance, that they'll just, I think, let.
9: Well, look, the bank, the Bank of England. I mean, they were they were bent on on reducing their balance sheet, but now they're out there, at least on an interim basis, buying bonds to support the market. And that, and I think about is which is what we did. As crazy as that sounds, we did that. I know. As crazy as that sounds, you know, investors. Worldwide are saying, OK, maybe this is the signal that the Fed needs to see to put the brakes on. Uh, now, that was a one-day event. That and and the markets did very, very well. Uh, they're, they're the British pound traded to record low exchange rates at the same time, but it has since come back. So now, what you know, that was Wednesday and then Thursday, Friday, as we mentioned, you know, we had some pretty bad days in the market. But I, I think, look, the Fed is looking at everything, Harry, and yeah. and, and that kind of event, you know, it, it doesn't, you know, it it doesn't, you know, sort of fall by the wayside. It's it's really being a, it's being
1: watched. I think based on everything that you've talked about this morning, you sort of addressed this next uh, item that we're going to chat about, and I know you did bring it up a little while ago about what they've been doing to date but regarding the federal funds rate uh do do we have any feel for when we hit because i think if we knew what the peak was i mean that would be very uh important information what do you say to that so it looks like harry right now first half of next year
9: is when we're going to get to the 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 peak Mm. in in these fed fund rates but it look that is always subject to change based upon you know well
1: manufacturing you know based
9: upon you know news events and based upon economic reports. But it, it looks like it, it, the tightening cycle will subside. Uh, inflation will be coming down enough to maybe, in fact, you know, put the brakes on. And if things get tough, which we think is going to happen, don't be surprised that the Fed reverses themselves and actually goes in and then cuts the rates.
1: I want to hold the Atlanta Fed until after the break. We have a couple of minutes before the break. Let's go to can we bring down inflation without a recession? Wouldn't that be a beautiful thing?
9: Well, Harry um, – Although I think we're in one. I, I, and I, I think we are. I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's painfully obvious, but what it was on July 27th. Uh, do, do
1: you believe if if the third quarter numbers come out and it is a third consecutive quarter – of negative GDP, do you think this administration will have the audacity to rewrite the rules again and say, "Oh no, no, three quarters of negative GDP doesn't constitute a recession"? I mean, well, what- I think
9: I think what they're banking on is the fact that the unemployment rate is as low as it is, and the weekly jobless claims number keep, keep dropping, so people are working. So that is the the out with respect to a recession. But
1: but we didn't yeah. even fill all the jobs prior to the recession or prior to uh, the pandemic.
9: So, yeah, so think about this. Commodity prices, you know, price of oil, the price of the pump. I mean, they've come down pretty significantly. The price of the lumber, uh, the dollar, as we talked about, it's all time highs. Uh, you know, r- you know, real GDP, and we'll get to this in a minute, around zero. but point.
1: But gasoline and food and all these things – very expensive. It is.
9: But so so if the combination of these lower commodity prices uh real GDP estimates being close to zero and that strong dollar it, it may it may be that the Fed, you know, is concluding the only way to get inflation down uh is to is to is by way of a recession. Yeah, I mean like- I hate to say it, but
1: Harry, I, don't, I think they're kind of boxed in at this point. Well, I think the Fed would have liked there have to, to have been an announcement that we're in a recession. That, that's what they're trying to do. So if we keep saying it's not one, they got to keep working at it. Let's get the break in. When we come back, we're going to have 10 minutes uninterrupted. I think it's one of the most important topics of Chuck's program today, and that's the Atlanta Fed. We keep a very close eye on them because they set their estimate at the beginning of a quarter. Which for the third quarter was going to be, I think, 2.6%. But I'm sure Chuck has all that when we come back. And then they revise as the quarter goes along. And boy, have they. With Chuck Malamut, this is
0: Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5, and on the WPG Talk Radio app. Markley, Van Camp, and Robbins this afternoon at 1. Now, Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: With Chuck Malamut at 10 minutes before the top of the hour, I think this is a very important question. Atlanta Fed GDP model estimates, it's been...
9: Well, we kind of talked around it, Harry. But, you know, most most recently, the Atlanta Fed's GDP model reduced their third quarter estimates from 2.5% to... 0.5 percent, two and a half to 0.5. So, when that happened, you know, they obviously created a a fair amount of uncertainty in the financial markets in a very, very, you know, turbulent environment uh, for not only for stocks and for bonds, but, you know, to go from two and a half to 0.5, it's not real hard to get to that negative number. And I, I mean you you said it before the break and so then you have three consecutive negative quarters. Is uh, it, it potentially
1: is, is that starting to be the um the belief that it's going to be negative?
9: I think so. I think it is. I mean I I think I mean you know unfortunately Harry we're not going to know this until um you know so obviously it's you know it's a it's a, it's a lagging number that we're getting yeah. and uh When's that usually come out the GDP, I'm not, you know, it comes, well, it comes out and then but they
1: keep revising it. They do revise it. And each time it's been revised worse. It has. Uh, so for all of, you know, th- this this year especially. Does, um, will that be out though? Has to be out before November 8th though, before the election. It's supposed to be. Right. <laughs> because that's, it lags, but it shouldn't lag that long. Yeah, Um be funny if for some reason, oh, we're recalculating and we're working on it. You know, it'd be funny if they waited, but... Well, I don't think it'd be funny. I I meant that, I, yeah, I, in a yeah, twisted I, I, sense.
9: Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I sense a fair amount of sarcasm there. Yeah. It was, there.
1: It was <laughs> dripping in it. No doubt about it. Uh, lower tenant demand reduces real estate values. That's the reason?
9: Yeah, so here's what's happening. And we, we talked about this just a few minutes ago, is getting people back to the office. And, you know, a, a, a lot of employees are still... You know, resisting. You know, getting getting back to the. But haven't
1: also a lot of businesses changed the amount of?
9: They have their whole philosophy. So so what's happening? You know, recent study that was done by, you know, Columbia University. um, They seem to believe that lower tenant demand, due to this, you know, remote work environment, could end up reducing real estate prices for office buildings. By about 28%, or Harry, close to $500 billion. Uh,
1: office uh, buildings are starting to be converted into other things, exactly. aren't they? Exactly.
9: So imagine slicing 30% off of the value of, of your real estate. Um, you know, this empty office space, you know, think about it. You talked about it for a number of weeks now the number of closings of restaurants. Mm-hmm. You know, restaurants are, you know, sometimes these anchors, they're, they're down on the first floor. So you have an empty office space. People are not going to patronize, you know, the the restaurants um, and other street level businesses. They're also being being hurt by all this, uh, by that lack of, you know, daytime worker traffic. Um, and then it's at the end of the day, you know, where I think all of us are going to pay for it. if This empty office space also means less property tax. Revenue for these respective cities, you know, New York, Chicago, Philadelphia, LA, I've just, so it's, it's, it's sort of the gift that just keeps giving yeah. and it's not a great gift right
1: no, now. It's a big problem. How is the world of IPOs? Well, Harry, unfortunately,
9: you know, um, IPOs, as we know it today, initial public offerings, um, there have been none. I mean, you think about, we have seen year to date, uh, 64 equity IPOs, 64 stock initial public offerings. And, and that's what the company coming with a, with a market capitalization greater than $50 million. Uh, down 80%, Harry, from a year ago, 2021. Wow. Um, you know, the, the 64 companies raised a total of <clears throat> uh, $6.5 billion, down 94% from the same period a year ago. Uh, the only thing that was working was healthcare, technology, consumer discretionary. Um, the IPOs were launched in 2022. So you you talk about the banks and you talk about investment banking in particular. There's, there there's nothing has there's nothing happening right now.
1: Let's try to get in at least these two, and if there's time, we'll get a third one in. Cost to heat a home this winter. It's be Harry, I, I
9: don't know if you saw it. You know, maybe it was in a, in a local paper just a couple days ago. There was, a, there was a piece about about how these energy prices or these. Heating prices are going to move higher. Uh, So there was a Harry. There's there's an there's a group called the National Energy Assistance Directors. Uh, They think that the average cost to heat a home this winter is going to increase by about 17 percent year over year. Um, So you know the aggregate cost is going to go from 127 billion across the country to about $150 billion. Uh, And on, on average, heating, heating oil costs, oil, OIL, are expected to surge 54%, while natural gas are expected to spike about 24%. So it's going to be, you know, a, a tough winter, Harry. And think about these rising costs mm-hmm. impacts the consumer. Consumers going to spend less because they have to spend it on necessities. And I think this is sort of the, the magic potion. I don't imagine, Well, that's not, that's not a good use of words because it's not going to be a lot of fun when you get your heating bill as we get into the wintertime.
1: But it is the reality. A uh, little, we have two and a half minutes. The cost of student loan forgiveness.
9: Harry, I could not go, I couldn't let it go no. without us talking about it. We must. I, I'm, I'm not sure. I mean, now you're seeing the lawsuits pop up. I mean, obviously. We don't get political during our discussion. No, but, but it's
1: not political to say that there does not appear to be the authority to do this. This seems outside it, the boundaries it, of...
9: It does, but the timing, it's all
1: political. 100%. So, so, so the, the, the,
9: the, the, for the election.
1: <laughs> Look what I'm giving you. I'm going to forgive your your <laughs> debt vote. for It's terrible, actually. So the,
9: so the uh, C- Congressional Budget Office estimated that the uh biden's uh administration's student loan forgiveness program harry is going to cost you and me and all the taxpayers about 400 billion dollars 400 billion dollars so so what what, what do we i mean what are we actually doing here
1: well let me tell you what i also don't like i don't like and i don't think it's constitutional i don't like that they pick winners and losers for example. If you work for a nonprofit, you can get your loan completely uh, yeah, paid off. Yeah, it doesn't. Yeah, I love. Hey, listen, I run a nonprofit. Damn it, uh, I I love that people do that, but why do they get picked? That's not fair. And well, there's certain and, other positions and, that. And, that you, and you and
9: Kirk talked about this just the last hour. Yeah. You know, you you. I don't want to use the word discriminating, but you are discriminating. But there's and, no you know, question. There's certain certain uh people will qualify and others will not with respect to the hurricane
5: damage yeah, i mean
1: i mean we have an how, equal. how do you do that it's terrible we have an equal protection clause in our constitution you can't treat one person one way and another person another way the music's playing us off the stage though chuck closing comment
9: harry looking forward to friday Thank you. Looking forward Thanks to... Thanks for your support. You're welcome. Looking forward to your man, Aaron. Judge, yeah. It's be, yeah. I think today's going to be the day for him.
1: Chuck, you can see me because you're in the studio. Number 99 has cost me a lot of sleep over the last couple of weeks because I'm. St- this is history. I'm staying up for these at-bats.
9: We didn't mention the new the, the, uh, the soon upcoming World Series winner is the...
1: Uh, either the Yankees on or, the left the, coast, or the Dodgers. On the left
9: coast. The Dodgers. The Dodgers. Just remember that. Or Aaron. the
1: Yankees. Do you still think they
9: will be the two participants? I do. I do, I too. Do. Much to, the, Let much me tell to you. the dismay of Philadelphia fans.
1: And this is the first time, though, the Yankees actually have excellent pitching. I mean, they've got Garrett Cole, who we know has been a World Series show killer. He's He's been tremendous. Severino pitched a no-hitter yesterday for seven innings. It's gonna be a lot of fun. Thank you, Chuck. Harry, see you Friday. It's see you buddy.
0: W-E-N-J-H-D-3 Millville, a town square media station. Everything you need to know in six minutes starts now. We are from Harry Hurley Way in the world's playground. To the broadcast pioneers of Philadelphia Hall of Fame. I want to congratulate my friend, Harry Hurley. You're about to find out why Harry Hurley has been named to the Talkers Magazine list of the 100 most important talk show hosts in the nation. Live from the studios of Town Square Media in Northfield, it's Hurley in the Morning on WPG Talk Radio 95.5. Thank you
1: very much. It's six minutes past the hour. Dr. Newkirk is here. This is Newkirk Family Veterinarians with Dr. Mark Newkirk, and they present here on the first and the third Tuesday of every month in the first half of the nine o'clock hour. Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care for more than four decades to make an appointment, simple to do, 609-645-2120 on the web at newkirkfamilyveterinarians.com. And joining us now, of course, is Dr. Newkirk. Dr. Newkirk, how are you, sir?
8: Oh, very well, very well. And yourself?
1: Outstanding. Thank you for asking. And I turn it over to you because I know that there's an important Egg Harbor Township dog park update that you want to share.
8: Yeah, it 's our five year anniversary crazily uh, you'll remember back and since we 've been doing the show for years, all the years that we were trying to get this thing off the ground and trying to find a piece of land to do it and uh, raising the money to do it because it 's all a uh, it 's a tax free situation doesn 't cause the taxpayers uh, any money at all. And uh took us about seven years to get approvals, find the spot. So now we're already at our five-year anniversary. So I don't know where 12 years went, but <laughs> it's been a long time. But it's uh, October the 8th, and uh, it's 11 to 2. We'll have some vendors there we will have, um, uh, of course, you can bring your dogs, and uh, you can, of course, look it up on the web ahead of time. It's ehtdogpark.com. EHTdogpark.com, and importantly, you do not have to live in EHT to belong to the park. So, uh, you know, if you're in the surrounding communities, come on out. There's an area separated for small, medium-sized dogs. There's a separate area for dogs that don't get along with other dogs. Uh Uh, And then there's a large dog area as well. And through the years, we've been able to build a nice gazebo, pavilion kind of thing. Uh, Lots of people come and meet new friends. And if you've never seen a bunch of dogs running and playing and jumping, uh, it's actually quite amusing and quite funny to see them jump and roll. And they're just having the greatest time. So if you haven't been there, come on out, especially that day, 11 to 2. There will be some uh, auctions. There will be some prizes. uh, And thank you, Harry, for your generous donation to keep the park going. We appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, come on out October the 8th. uh, That's the Saturday, of course, uh, 11 to 2. And, uh, yeah, it should be a great event.
1: Let me follow up because uh, we have been doing this program for so long, that we were doing it even before the period of time when you were formulating and obtaining the land and getting your you know, approvals and all these different things. When you look at something uh, prospectively, like we want to do a dog park, this is how we, we think it will be. I'm going to say as a layperson on the outside, I think that from vision to implementation, you actually probably exceeded your own high expectations. I mean, it's been it's been a tremendous success, hasn't it?
8: It, it really has. And we have over 400 members, and uh, it, again, it's become kind of a socialized event even where um, people have made new friends, and they'll, they'll say, hey, okay, we'll see you at 5 o'clock on Friday, and the dogs come, and the people come, and uh, the kids come. So it's uh, it's really turned into a terrific uh, overall a uh, um, uh, kind of a, a social a social place for humans as well as the dogs
1: I think that's very well said you're right about that and and I also hear you loud and clear when you talk about how beautiful that is when dogs have friends they're playing with and just couldn't be happier the, the joy is 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 I think palpable Bob has a question for you, Dr. Newkirk, and if other listeners have a question this half hour for Dr. Mark Newkirk talking all about your pets, 609-407-1450. Then to make, that's to talk to Dr. Newkirk this half hour, to make an appointment with Dr. Newkirk, 609-645-2120. Bob, you're on the air with Dr. Newkirk.
10: Hi, Doctor. Uh, we have two uh, female giant schnauzers, and, and they've both been to see you, know, we're, we're here in Cape May, and we, w- what's going on here? They they've never really had very many digestive problems, but uh, over the last month or so, their, their stools have been really, really soft, and, and usually they would do their business at, at around 8 p.m., for a walk then and but now, like by eleven o'clock we'd have to take especially the younger one we we 'd have to take her out she 'd have to go to the bathroom, and then she could hardly make it out of her crate at at six a m uh, and sometimes didn't make it out of her crate in time uh, and, you know we and we we took stool samples for both dogs to the to the vet they're both negative they, they did a number of tests for parasites and uh we haven't changed their diet at all uh, the, the the vet put them we put them on a, a dog food called hd which yeah, you know, that does bind them up or i'm sorry wd uh it's like almost like a paste uh that does bind them but does that it's probably just masking the problem, and the the uh, uh you know we're trying to figure out what you know what to do here. Uh, they they you know again they 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 have they get like a a three quarters of a cup of vegetable every day of chopped zucchini or other kind of vegetable. Their 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 treats are primarily carrots, so we thought we were giving them enough fiber, but the vet here in Cape May thought we weren't giving them enough fiber, which I I, I don't know. That's kind of hard to...
8: So when we're seeing uh, straining and difficulty uh, holding the stool and the stools are kind of soft and mushy, yet the dogs are still eating, running around, seemingly playful and happy, Uh, this brings us to the large bowel or the colon. And so there's a sub clinical colitis going on which is basically at its root is an inflammatory condition in the colon. Now the question is what is that being caused by? And typically parasites would be one that's to, to look for uh, which you have and that's negative. Um, the second thing and the most common thing is then what's called bacterial overgrowth syndrome. So we have, all of us have good guys and bad guys in our gut and on occasion, for whatever reason, the bad guys overgrow, and then you start to have these symptoms uh, where they're not necessarily sick. Sick, you know, they're not throwing up. They're not. They're still eating. They're still relatively happy, but they can't form this particular stool. Um, kind of difficult to actually prove this because there are thousands of bacteria in the gut, so it's not the case of. Gee, let's, um, you know, try to figure out which bacteria this is. But we typically treat these guys with some sulfur drug and also with a special form of probiotics or good guys. Um, as I mentioned, there are thousands of species in the gut, and, and it's impossible, of course, to, to give thousands of species in a probiotic. But there are probiotics that have more than one species in it. And the problem with Most of what you buy over the counter is it's going to be acidophilus, which is wonderful for people, but it's just kind of okay for dogs, and it's not enough, and especially it's not going to impact the large bowel. The issue when you have two dogs doing this, though, is you'd have to think of something perhaps in the environment that has triggered this, and they could have picked up a particular type of bacteria from the environment, or... Um, importantly to have another stool sample checked maybe a month later and the reason for that is that parasites have to grow up as well and so if we make an analogy to humans you know if the dog is sniffing in baby parasites from the ground or other stool samples of wild animals or whatever uh, those have to grow into adults and once they're adults then they lay eggs and the eggs are what we're looking for in the stool so point being, if you have, let's say, teenage worms in there, they're causing problem, but they're not laying eggs. And so the stool comes up negative, and not doesn't necessarily mean 100% that there's no parasites there. So certainly, again, about a month apart, I would do another one, uh, and then... Um, We would probably do some cultures on the stools, uh, do some rectal cultures to see if we grow out a bad guy. But in the meantime, um, the high fiber is very good for that. And also then the WD is a high fiber. You're doing vegetables, which is good. Uh, Your best high fibers are going to be um, canned pumpkin uh, or sweet potato. They're going to be the two best high fibers, so I would increase that. But we'd have to think of something in the environment. You know, they're drinking out of mud puddles, you know, uh, you know, something something like that. Do, do, do you, there are a lot of rabbits in our area. So the rabbit
10: droppings, you know, dogs are notorious for, you know, liking rabbit droppings. I mean, that's just a, uh, could that be yeah. a possible source? Yeah, okay.
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, and rabbit look- droppings and
10: goose goose poop as well. Okay. And and look, the there's a pro plan from Purina a veterinary uh probiotic we have. It's it's
8: Fortiflora. Have, have you heard of that? Right. right. It's for, Yeah, it's, and it's, right. And if you read the label, there's really only one or two bacteria in there. So right idea just not enough of uh, the probiotic types. So um there are other Uh, Supplements that have multiple species in it, and that's what you want to look for. Okay, so we're going
10: to. I know my wife's going to drive by your office next week. Can we pick that up at your office? Yeah, sure. The probiotic. Sure, sure, sure. Okay.
8: Yeah, do me a favor. Just um, you know, later in the day or whatever, call the office so we can pull your charts so I can make records and just say, hey, you talked to me on the radio, and then I'll I'll remember what it's all about all right dr newkirk thank you thanks harry
1: yeah, Hey, thank bob you. that was a great consult good to talk to you bob and that's uh why dr newkirk is the best in the business that was that was master class especially i loved it when you picked right up on of course you would you're dr newkirk you picked right up on the fact that they're both having the same thing if it was one having it and one not but both having it you i, I just enjoyed listening to that 19 minutes past the hour if you have a question for Dr. Newkirk, about your pets, that's how it works. Do what Bob did. You call in 609-407-1450. We'll put you on the air next with Dr. Mark Newkirk. We're going to step aside for this time out and then right back uninterrupted for the rest of Dr. Newkirk's program. And a reminder to make an appointment with Dr. Newkirk. Just call 609-645-2120. We'll be back in just a little bit.
0: Download every Hurley in the Morning program as a podcast on the WPG Talk Radio app. Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio 95.5.
1: At 25 minutes past the hour, very pleased to present Dr. Mark Newkirk, owner, operator of Newkirk Family Veterinarians, a trusted name in pet care uh, for more than four decades, taking care of pets and their humans uh, in exemplary fashion, 609. 645-2120, 609-645-2120. 645 2120 609-645-2120. When, uh, Doc, when you have something like what Bob is talking about, until you absolutely can nail it down, exactly what it is, I would imagine diet, it becomes very important, doesn't it?
8: It, it does. Um, and the, the, certainly the doctors who recommend the high fiber diet is, is really good. It helps the colitis itself, but we're still not getting at what the root of that is. There is an inflammation. Colitis simply means an inflammation of the colon. The question is what's doing it. Is it the bacterial overgrowth? Is it a bad guy bacteria? Is it parasites that are yet to be diagnosed? You know, something like that. So, uh, Eventually, the dog may need to. The dogs may need to have cultures of the stool done, and of course, repeating that uh, fecal sample. Crazily, although uh, rabbit poop and goose poop um, can cause the dogs to have their own loose poop, um, they rarely pick up parasites from them. We'll often see um, the rabbit uh, coccidia, for example, just passes through, and it's not harmful to the dog. But the important thing to remember is that a fecal sample, which typically, again, is going to screen for parasites, is not testing for bacteria. That's a completely different test.
1: You are listening to Dr. Mark Newkirk. If you have a question uh, for the next 10 minutes or so, uh, 609-407-1450, 609-407-1450. Of course, well, we will we will visit even a, a few times before Halloween, but, but just to throw it out there... Obviously, we're getting close to a time of year. Actually, one more time before Halloween, we will visit. Today is the first in October, the first visit. Uh, it's a, it's obviously a very important time of year to keep safe, you know, your pets away from chocolate and, and these different things that can be very, very bad. And, and And probably at some point, you will mention the name Xylitol, which I have committed to memory now because of you.
8: Yeah, Xylitol is the new artificial sweetener. Uh, taking the place of uh, whatever the last one we had, uh, you know almost all of these artificial sweeteners turn out to be uh, problematic for humans after we use them for a long time um, so uh, Xylitol spelled X y like xylophone is the new one, and a big one for humans or for pets actually as many humans do give uh, medication to dogs in peanut butter. And some of the peanut butters now are using the xylitol in it. So please, if you're using that and you're listening, uh, go to the cabinet and turn that label around and make sure you don't see that xylitol there. Uh, it can cause severe liver and kidney problems to dogs. But we're also seeing it being put in, um, again, as sugar substitutes in... Uh, these little like marshmallow treats, um, especially Easter, when you get the chicks that that have the marshmallow stuff in it, um, a lot of that's in there. So, and the candy, I think most people know about. Uh, the problem is, is that you know we're busy and we forget, so yep. we may have the the uh, Easter basket sitting on the table as we're going through it, checking for any problems for our children. You know, the phone rings, the doorbell rings, and up you go. And then the next thing you know, the dog's in there. Um, and we'll see cats have some issues as well because of the wrappers. So things like Hershey Kisses that have these little silvery wrappers, um, cats are attracted to these kinds of things that well are reflecting the light. And then sometimes they'll start just licking the, uh, the candy part that's the tiny little bit that's left on the wrapper and they start ingesting this aluminum foil like stuff and that can cause some real problems uh, down in the gastrointestinal tract so uh, be aware of those things um, and there are some cats who, who do eat all kinds of different stuff so um, again be careful with those and your big dogs, remember, they counter-surf, so um, if you've got some candy laying out on the counter, they're up there and, and taking that stuff, so, you know, you've got to be careful. You know, and here's another thing, Harry, is it's about dose as well, so let's, let's just take, for example, a Hershey bar that has the, you, you know, you can break off the little pieces because it's cut in the little rectangles. Well, if you have a great Dane and he gets one of those little rectangles, he's going to be fine. If you have a chihuahua that gets one of those, it could potentially be a problem. And the same with things like grapes, raisins. You know, here again, it's about dose. If your great Dane gets a couple of grapes, uh, no biggie. If your uh, little chihuahua does, potentially, yes. So um, try to be aware, too. I mean, the first thing off veterinarians are going to say to you is, well, when did he eat it? And typically the answer is, I don't know. Yeah. And second is, well, how much did he eat? And that answer is, I don't know also. So it makes it difficult for us many times to decide what to do.
1: If you do know, though, for example, someone sees the dog just devour a whole one of those. And I know exactly what you're talking about. They're in threes and there's whatever, th- three or four rows of them. So you got nine or whatever it is or so pieces of the, of, of the chocolate. If you watch a dog just devour, like the whole thing is just gone, do you encourage them to make the dog throw up if they can? Or what, what's, the, um, what's the protocol if you actually know and witness a dog ingest something that you know ultimately could be a problem?
8: Yeah, the best thing is to make the dog vomit. And the easiest way to do that is good old hydrogen peroxide. Um, it's perfectly safe to give this orally and it will churn that stomach acid up and they will vomit with that so i'm um, classically uh, the best way to give any liquid to a dog is do not open the mouth pull the cheek out so you have kind of like a pouch in the cheek and hold the dog's head back and then pour the fill up the cheek pouch and the liquid will run between the teeth hit the back of the throat and reflexes will take in, and the dog will swallow that. So a good amount is a a cheek pouch every five minutes until they vomit. Mm. And they will, um, and that's the best thing to do, um, because by the time you get in the car and you come over here, and we make the dog vomit, you know, depending on how much time has elapsed, um, time, time can be critical here. So if you don't have hydrogen peroxide around the house, get some, keep it there, and uh, it's it's great for that purpose.
1: I think there was a time where people would buy dog food and didn't really look at the label. It, you know, they just say, oh, you know, it might be a brand that's been around for a long time. And uh, just that's what they do. They just fed the dog that I think now people are paying closer attention to all of that. And they're looking at labels and they're looking for certain things uh, and being much more discriminating than in years gone by is is my is my observation correct or incorrect?
8: Yes, I think that is correct, and especially we 'll see now some of these commercials uh, for the blue brand dog foods, and they 're kind of it 's two people sitting there and they compare the labels yeah. um, so that 's really been great. I was so happy to see that uh, because the most of the reason people buy pet food is either. A, the pet store told them that's what to buy, or the breeder told them that's what to buy, or B, you know they saw it on television, so it must be good, or C, you know we have a coupon to buy something cheap, and I really encourage you to turn those bags over and read what's in those bags. Um, The unfortunate part is that labels can be very misleading. There's lots of loopholes in there. But certainly number one is there should be some sort of meat listed as the first ingredient. And you might think, gee, well, that would would make perfect sense. Well, unfortunately, many times you read those labels and it's corn. And corn, for example, will give you protein, but it's certainly not as good a protein as a meat source. And the second kind of general rule is if you start reading or if you start seeing all kinds of words that you can't read or you can't understand that's probably preservatives artificial sugars artificial flavorings so don't buy that one either
1: I remember that my dog would eat the hard food if that's what was there but given the choice they like the meat you talk about it all the time they're carnivores and all that they like the soft meat and just you can tell the difference i mean they wolf that down like crazy the hard food they'll eat but they don't seem to like it as much. How important is it to make sure that you do introduce a certain percentage of hard food to the diet?
8: Well, the the real reason that they eat so much of the canned food is just much more flavorful. Um, it has much more odor to it. And, you know, if you open a can of food, you're gonna get some kind of smell coming out there. And animals are very much um, uh, attracted by smell to certain things. So it smells better, it tastes better. The protein levels, you know, actually what's in the food um, could be very similar. And so while I do like uh, to, to have some canned food in, uh, partially too this is it's a great place to put medications. So if your dog is you know, really a canned food chowhound, uh, you know, we can put the medicines oftentimes there and they just eat it right up. Uh, But the best source of protein, as we've talked many times, is real meat. Uh, Just like you'd buy at the butcher shop or at the Acme, you know, you get some real meat and you feed this to the dog. And it really should be in the raw state. Um, Animals have a totally different GI system than we do, so they're not going to be getting salmonella and E. coli, things like that. Uh, so the raw meat is just really, really good for them. Now, you do need to introduce it slowly because if you give them a lot of raw meat at one time, they're going to get diarrhea because the gut is not used to that. But if you wean that in slowly, uh, I'd love to have maybe even a third of the diet of some sort of raw meat. Uh, this can even be raw chicken. Again, they don't have the, uh, they're not susceptible to these things like we uh, we are. You know, we would never eat raw chicken. We'd get sick. Uh, but animals uh, do just fine with this. So the best source of, of protein is real food. So real meat, uh, like raw eggs, uh, with the shell, that's nature's calcium, just crush it right up and mix it in. Um, and then the dog food, yes, let's let's get a good dog food like we've talked about and make that say maybe two-thirds because we do need the vitamins and the minerals and especially things like amino acids and trace minerals. Uh, these are things that is very difficult to get into a home-cooked diet if you want to go that way.
1: I really like that because it gives flavor to the drier food. The drier food is incorporated with the moisture ingredients. I think that's really smart. Doc, uh, let me give you an extra couple of minutes, whatever you need. Let's close with um, another promotion for this Saturday's Egg Harbor Township Dog Park event.
8: Yeah, come on out again. Uh, Like you say, it's our fifth year anniversary. Uh, We still do hold auctions and door prize things because we still do need to raise money to maintain the park we need to put new sand in there for example and we're trying to build the uh, ramps of these for the dogs to play on so this is a uh... it is a, a hopefully a fundraising event as well and uh... but the idea really here is to celebrate what we're doing introduce new people to the park you know just come on out you'll know, have a good time it is on Russell Swift Drive, which is right off of Ocean Heights Avenue, and it's the same road that the Russell Swift School Complex is, where all the ball fields are, etc. That's right across from the library, but you can't miss it when you turn in, it's just going to be down there, maybe a 100 yards on your right. And, um, just, um, c- come on out. It. It's a great time. You can bring the kids, you can bring the dog. Um, and especially if you haven't been there. And remember, you do not have to be a resident of Egg Harbor Township. Uh, so just come on out, and, and you know, let's have a good time.
1: Good wishes, Dr. Newkirk, and look forward to seeing you on Friday when we're together.
8: We'll see you then. Thank Take you, Dr.
1: Newkirk. Out. You too. Have a great day. 39 minutes past the hour, ladies and gentlemen. It's the first time it's, we said when we signed on that it was going to be nonstop jam-packed, and it has been Uh, This is your first opportunity to come in and open forum 609-407-1450 phone lines are open. We've got to step aside for a little bit. We'll be back 609-407-1450 An open phone line right now. This is
0: early in the morning WPG talk radio 95.5 and on the WPG talk radio app. Brian Kilmead is next at ten. Now back to Harry Hurley on WPG Talk Radio ninety five point five.
1: Thank you. We're back. Forty three minutes past the hour. Wide open forum begins right now. 609-407-1450. Hope you'll check in with that whatever is important on your mind that you'd like to talk about. Welcome to Hurley in the morning. You're on the air.
4: Welcome morning, Harry. And I look forward to seeing you on Friday. I the look forward to it. Yes. fabulous.
1: I know it's, it's pretty, after day after day after day after day of this. Uh, it's going to be absolutely beautiful. Which um, we're blessed. We know it, and I'm looking forward to uh, being with you too.
4: Uh, me too, and I can't wait to see Margie. Margie, <laughs> <laughs> I always like seeing her. But uh, anyway, the Green New Deal. Well, I mean, let's can we. I want to talk about Florida a little bit, and then I want to talk about the real testosterone that's down there right now. That's the guys from the utility companies. Yeah. You know, the electric companies that are down there. Real men are down there, okay, to help. But, you know, if you have an electric car right now, I hope you got out. But, Harry, just think about that. If the people had to come from the tip of Florida in their electric car... And it was half charged, would they make it out of there?
1: No, you wouldn't you wouldn't make it out of there. But you would the old fashioned way, wouldn't you?
4: Yeah, I just thought I'd bring that up because I thought that was kind of common. Well you
1: gotta build you gotta build everything into when they, they come up with these theories that have no chance in terms of application for it to be successful. You just have to bring up common sense such as if all of this went into effect and keep in mind like 17 or 18 other um, states jumped right on board the California idea, including New Jersey. We signed on to it. We're not going to be anywhere near ready uh, within, first of all, in the next couple of years, a good chunk of this has to be true. A couple of years after that, something like two-thirds of it has to be in effect. And then right after that, all of it has to be in effect. We don't have the infrastructure. We don't have the amount of charging stations that you would need. I don't believe we have the ability to generate enough electricity to even do it. So they've they have actually come up with an idea that, as usual, sounds great, like everything else they talk about, like Inflation Reduction Act that actually increases inflation. And we could go, you know, all, the Affordable Care Act, which became very unaffordable. We could go on and on with their language versus the reality of it. But we're nowhere near. Look, I, I love, you know, I'm, I'm solar. I, I've, I've had solar for a decade. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a believer. But it's a supplement. It, it's, it's in addition to fossil fuels. We, we've got to go with all of it. This is totally unworkable. And here's the sad thing. They know it. And they propose it anyhow. They propose a failed structure that they know we're not ready to handle.
4: Can we switch subjects a little bit and go over to uh, Ukraine? Of course. And Russia? Yeah.
1: Ukraine's doing very well at the moment.
4: You know I'm a little bit older than you. Yeah. And so I want to get a little bit serious for your listening public.
1: Oh, I appreciate that.
4: And so, all right, so. So those uh, those few
1: years that you have on me make you very serious. I understand. Well,
4: right now it does because I'm going back to my JFK days. All right when we had the, 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 the missile crisis of Cuba. And yeah. I think you might, you know, in your history lessons, you've learned from that. And, and, and a lot of people, I don't think our youth know about that as much.
1: <clears throat> yeah, so your, you your, boy, my... your boy was about uh, three years old at that time. Okay.
4: So, and, and, and me, I was being told how to hide underneath my desk.
1: Yeah, which would have done so nothing. With
4: that being said, right now, okay. We had something happen over there with that pipeline that the United States might have been involved with, with Russia. And now we're talking about the next step. And so people are talking about, you're hearing it on the news from newscasters, but people, not from scientists, not nuclear scientists. Listen to me. The nuclear scientists are scared to death from the language that's coming out of the Pentagon and from some of these politicians and some of these newscasters. Believe me.
1: Well, here's my feeling, Craig. My belief is as Putin becomes more and more desperate, and he will, because obviously this is not going well, and Ukraine's actually bringing it, bringing it to them, it's embarrassing. Even some of this land that Putin had these outrageous elections at gunpoint and made announcements, pronouncements of annexing them now as part of Russia, uh, Ukraine has already t- taken back uh, some of that uh, supposed lost territory. They're winning right now.
4: Well, I'm going to – no, they're not winning. The United States is winning.
1: Well, well, no, no, you got to look, of course, without us, it would be over. And if we would have done more early, I think Ukraine could have won the thing by now. But they were put at a great disadvantage because we were not doing enough. No, look, literally, Ukraine is winning because they're fighting the war. You could say they don't want this to be the verbiage. You could say it's our proxy war. In other words, we're not directly fighting, but yet we're, we are, if you will. We're providing uh, the winning weaponry. But I, I have to give credit, though. Uh, Ukrainians are they love their home. They do not want to be Russians. They're they're committed to defeating Russia. Russia, they, they have their people watching YouTube videos, learning how to break their arms. How do you break your own arm uh, in Russia? So they don't have to serve, and people are leaving in big numbers. Uh, so, I know when I said Ukraine, you, the Ukraines are winning. You said no, we are. Uh, both can be true.
4: Well, H- Harry, my concern, you know, my concern is is the things that that Joe is doing. So when he took out that 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 pipeline, okay, yeah. yeah. And you know he did, and because the only ship that we have that happens to be able to do something like that happened to be in that area, and the United States was doing drills right there. So Putin knows that we took out his pipeline. Yeah. Now, do you think for a second that there's not going to be a retaliation? We keep one up. Well, that's
1: why Greiner is still there and the other American. I mean, there's no—Putin has no desire at all. He hates always, even when he would cooperate strategically, he hates America. We're everything that, that he's appalled by. Uh, he's a KGB punk, thug, uh, and I think he's going to get taken out by his own.
4: I, I probably don't disagree with you there, Harry, but right now in the United States, try to get yourself an iodine pill.
1: Well, no, remember, there is a thing called mutually assured destruction, and that's still in effect. Because nobody wants to die, so that keeps everybody honest. Putin becomes more dangerous if he's about to be toppled. Then he's capable, I believe, of anything, including firing off nuclear weapons. Right now, I don't think that's a calculus that's, that's on the table, and, and especially because he says it. If, if you were going to do it, you just do it. He's announcing that it's an option on the table, which to me is just propaganda. Craig, I've got to get the break in, but I I love the call, and we'll see you in a couple days. 609-407-1450, you'll be the next caller right after the break. This is
0: Early in the Morning, WPG Talk Radio 95.5 FM and 1450 AM. WPGG Atlantic City, WENJHD3 Millville, a town square media station.
3: The Tunnel to Towers Foundation is building Do Good Village in Lando Lakes, Florida. It's a first-of-its-kind community with over 100 homes for program recipients, a place where Gold Star families, families of fallen first responders, and catastrophically injured heroes can live together with neighbors who understand, a place where the children of these families will grow up together. Help America's greatest heroes and their families to heal together. Donate $11 a month to tunnel to towers at t2t.org.
0: And now a small business setback delivered by a kind French stranger. Uh,
3: Monsieur, there was an accident. The windshield of your catering van is,
2: uh, how do you say, caput? but progressive as an extensive network of repair shops. Now, we sing about the old days. Bravo Marin, reviens de guerre.
0: When things go wrong with your small business, it's comforting to know you have progressive career. Commercial. Get a quote in as little as six minutes at progressivecommercial.com.
2: Poissons for
0: everyone! Progressive casualty Insurance Company company affiliates covered subject to policy terms and conditions. When you need to know, it's WPG Talk Radio 95.5 and the WPG Talk Radio app.
1: Let me thank a guest listener for this very kind email, and I cannot, I don't think, verbalize strongly enough how much I appreciate your feedback. Guest listener Shauna wrote me about Dr. Chenman. Good morning, Harry. Thank you for, thank you very, very much, two verys, for another excellent all caps referral. I had an appointment yesterday with Dr. Chenman. He was terrific. He diagnosed my dental issue with a knowledgeable professionalism and gentle kindness that allayed my concerns immediately. What a great referral from you. All of your referrals are absolutely the best. Our area sure is lucky to have you in our corner. Uh, thanks again, Shauna. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Uh, and I want that to serve notice that I cannot make a recommendation if I don't believe it. If I, I have to know it's true. So I have to say I'm very pleased to see that. Uh, but remember, Dr. Chemin is my dentist, too. And I will tell you, there are people that are very afraid to go to the dentist, that Dr. Chemin has just such a very beautiful way about him that he takes that edge off that, that keeps people from going in the first place. And I will tell you, without mentioning names, that there was a patient that I recommended and the patient was doing very bad. He was just completely stressed out. And Dr. Chenman said, do you think if I called Harry and had him come here, do you think that that would make you feel better? And the person said, yes, it would. And I, I, I went. I went to the appointment. I said you're good I said you're with the best you are good to go and this person needed to to get things done that he was letting them you know go because of his fear of the dentist so yes I've, I've even I've even made house calls welcome to Hurley in the morning you're on the air thanks for calling in
11: good morning Harry how are you I am well is this Andra it sure is. I apologize for calling that other number. That's that no,
1: no, no harm, no foul. How are you doing?
11: <laughs> I am fantastic, Harry. I am fantastic. Um, I just wanted to call in this morning to just share some thoughts. My head is spinning with um, so much going on in the city. And as always, I put out my disclaimer that by no means am I a politician, nor am I a puppet, as I was referred to not long ago. Um, I'm just a person speaking out on behalf of the parents and the residents of Atlantic City who share their concerns with me regarding, first of all, their children. I am running for a school board seat. I have grandchildren that have attended Atlantic City schools, and it is very important for the people to know that what's going on on the board now is not in the best interest of protecting our children. If it was, we would not have had the same type of incident happen more than 16 years ago.
1: And and by the way, they didn't address it the last time it happened. And so here we go. And, and there, you know, I know you know this, Andra. There are a lot of other things. I get calls from teachers and supportive staff members all the time. There are multiple schools where the air conditioning doesn't even work. I mean, it isn't just the one school that's getting at least some kind of um, public attention to the problem. Uh, it's, it's in multiple locations, I've been told. They, they don't have the right set of priorities. So I'm thrilled You're exactly what I talk about all the time, that good people have to run, have to step up, because what's going on right now, that's an employment agency for their friends and their family. That's what's going on. The city and the Board of Education, their priority is, and there's a running joke, as you know, around town. They've already given jobs to every friend and every relative they have, so now they're giving ex-wives jobs. I mean, it's getting so bad. It's a joke. It's a bad joke.
11: I had. I have a a personal um affiliation with someone who applied for one of those jobs who was well qualified for the job they applied for had their master's degree had one interview and was told that they would be called back and never got a call back one way or the other saying we we've chosen someone um the job is no longer available and and that's you know that's just a disregard for the process that they go through it's
1: it's a I hear it all the time you're what you just said, I hear again and again. It's very unprofessional because at the very least, you know, you write someone, you thank them, you write them that they did not get the position this time, but will keep your your resume and your information on file and in the future, you know, perhaps this or that. Uh, They don't do anything professional. I can guarantee you and, and somebody correct me on this if you can prove it. But I guarantee you every every gut, just instinct, every tentacle in my being tells me that every single job is already taken. They know exactly who's getting it. And anybody else that's applying because they think it's a uh, a fair process where you could actually shine and, and win the day, you have no chance. They know exactly who's getting what every step of the way. Do you agree with that, Andra, or disagree with it?
11: Yes. I, yes no, I agree with it. And, and, and you saying that it takes me to... The the next point that I wanted to make before I have to get off the line with you, it takes us right into the nonpartisan, partisan uh, form of, of, of electoral um, uh, process. Um, I, I may mess his name up, the gentleman from Stockton.
1: Um, Are we talking about the president of Stockton?
11: For, for how you pronounce it? Uh,
1: Dr. Harvey Kesselman.
11: No, the one that did for, for, for William, for William, the the one who did the executive director. Well, the, the gentleman that did the report on.
1: Oh, OK. Now I know who you're talking about that's John Ferrugian.
11: Yeah, that gentleman. Yes. He you know, I read the article and I was kind of tickled because the pros and cons, the cons that he pointed out. Uh, just validates the pros of of why we need to go back to nonpartisan. He yeah, talked- yeah. It
1: looked like I think they realize it's going to pass, and it looked like an attempt to try to make good look bad, bad look good. I was not impressed with that piece. I'm aware of it. Uh, I, I think that piece was extremely deceptive.
3: Yeah,
11: I mean, he he pointed out in the, in the cons of it that. Well, in the pros, he mentioned how um, the, the, if it, if, if it's based on who you know and how people um, get elected because of their affiliations. And in the cons, he tried to point out that people, people who elect people that they don't know um, have to do the research. Well, it's the same thing that he reported in the pros. If you don't know someone or you're running on the party line because of the, the political affiliations, he said in the cons that people running on the, affiliate, on the, on the party line, they can get elected by uh, knowing someone.
1: Yeah, it's exactly right. Uh, the, the justification makes the case – to vote yes
11: exactly. i got gotcha. you
1: exactly. i, I got gotcha. you i read it i saw it and i laughed because i thought this is just completely deceptive and it actually proves the point that the change is necessary so you know look when when the mayor starts calling people racist and that the partisan form of government lends for diversity what's he talking about george Tibbet in our interview last week talked about the number of african americans the number of hispanics the number of the bangladesh community other asian communities actually if we're talking diversity the smallest number of people to sign the petition are white people uh that petition is dripping with uh diversity
11: yes and and so you know it's amazing um how the 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 not the nonpartisan question, how the uh school board election, you know, uh with with McKinley. Um I looked at that podcast and by no means of my imagination would I have anyone uh wanting anyone to represent my children or even have an inkling to try to advise or mentor. My children. Well,
1: let me say this because the music's playing us off. Brian Kilmeade is here, so he's got to take over the uh, the airwaves. We've got to go for now, but we're gonna we're gonna speak again and and several times at least prior to November eighth. But now I even have more to look forward to because in addition to the ballot question, which I think is best uh, for citizens to have their their ultimate say and to take a lot of the politics. Uh, and the politics right now are just as bad as they've ever been, maybe the worst they've ever been in Atlantic City. But good people like you are on the ballot running for the Board of Education, and that's what Atlantic City needs. That board right now is under the control of Marty and Laquetta Small. That's not a good thing in the current environment. So we'll, um, we'll talk again. Here is Brian Kilmeade. Have a great rest of